What's up, Internet? You're tuned in episode 28 of the Video Game Pals, the Pals Network's weekly video game podcast where a group of lifelong gamers get together to talk about video games, the news, and how it all makes us feel. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, and today I am joined, as always, by the edgelord with the heart of gold, Mr. Robert Thompson. Hey. And the number one blizz boy on the internet, Mr. Sean Bartley. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> And then finally joining us today, we have a very special guest, our pal Tyler Babyface Olsen from the Longbox Podcast. Oh, shucks. <laughs> you, you know I shaved my neck beard off for the show. I can tell. So, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so we've been trying to make this happen for a while now. I'm really excited to have you on the show this week. Tyler, we've got a ton of Sony and Blizzard news to dig into, but before we do that, um, why don't you just real quick uh, tell the listeners at home what you do online, where they can find you, all that fun stuff. Oh, what do I do online? Um, I am the co-host of the Longbox Podcast, which is a comic book discussion podcast. But really, it's just us making horrible, horrible jokes <laughs> and talking about things that I should probably edit out. <laughs> Rep the um, gang. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm I'm so mad that stuff. That's sort of like the that could be good. Of, <laughs> I was about to uh, say uh, that. Comic, comic spells, like <laughs> that's exactly the same thing. Like, why is always the the, the stupid stuff stick? <laughs> Uh, but I'm I'm learning to embrace it. Unfortunately, you have to. So. It's what the people want. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I might have I might have been photoshopping a tentacle gang bullet club shirt that I didn't. Yes, I would one thousand percent buy that. So <laughs> it's a work in progress. I'm working on. <laughs> That's awesome. That's fantastic, man. Um, so just like what uh, when does the show post? Where can they find it? When does the show post? Is a good question. Um, it's usually <laughs> on the weekend sometime. <laughs> I work a retail job that makes my my schedule kind of shitty sometimes, so um, it's on the weekend. It could be anywhere between Friday and Sunday. Just we like to keep you on your toes. Cool. Just stay tuned. It, it gets announced. I mean, it gets released when, when it gets released. Awesome. Definitely check it out. Um, we have longboxpodcast.com. That's the that's the website. All right. So before we get into all the news this week, let me tell you where you can connect with our show. So if you guys want to let us know what you're playing this week, give us a random question or just say, hey, you guys can write into the show at thevideogamepals at gmail.com to hear your thoughts right on the air. You guys can also follow our sister show at The Comics Pals, wherever your social media is sold and keep up with all the stuff we've got going on here at The Pals Network. Uh, and if you're an audio listener, we would super you know, appreciate it if you guys would give us a like on the platform on your platform of choice, excuse me. And if you really want to help us out, you can jump over to iTunes and give us a, a rating. We're currently a five-star rated podcast. Hopefully we can keep that trend going. Uh, if you're on YouTube, you can do us a solid, like the video, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already, and check out Pals Play Monday through Friday. Uh, me and Thompson are starting up Super Mario Odyssey this week, so that's going to be a blast. Whoa, Definitely nice. go check out episode one. Oh, it's up, like, right now. So <laughs> I know. Go watch it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, last but not least, the best thing you guys can do if you want to help out the show is to just share it with your pals so they can become our pals, too. Um, so, before we get into that stuff, I've got to buy yourself for you boys. And uh, I think this is going to be an interesting one based on the the squad we've got here. But, um, okay. you know, coming off of the news we've got this week, I wanted to ask, Sony or Blizzard? Games. Take oh, hardware out of the oh. equation. PlayStation still exists. But Sony first party versus Blizzard. Blizzard. Oh. <laughs> oh Same. Clutching my pearls, Sean. You don't say. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, B Blizzard's games are rock solid. There's just no disputing that when they don't put out games often, but when they do, it's clear that they've been working on them for a long time. They've thought of everything. Uh, they put a lot of, you know, care onto their games because they make so few. And it's not to say that Sony doesn't. Obviously, Sony's games are great, but I've been playing Blizzard games for 
15 years since Warcraft 3, and I don't see that ever changing. Um, and it really, really sort of carried me through my teens and into adulthood um, in a way that nothing really compares to. So I have to choose Blizzard. Sure. Tyler, I think you said the same thing, right? Yeah. So so in terms of like my most formative games, in terms of like 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 just, just properties that I always really like think about, it's Pokemon 1 and 2, and like kind of on the same plane, is Blizzard games, specifically Warcraft in general. Um, every I've always been playing a Blizzard game for the past at least decade. Like, there it doesn't matter which game I might I might have lapsed on World of Warcraft for like a month or two, but I'm playing something else. You know, I jumped into StarCraft. I'm playing uh, <laughs> Heroes of the Storm, which I do a lot of that lately. Um, just all like 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 one of my favorite experiences ever was like downing the Lich King for the first time back in high school, like with my friends. It right. was like four o'clock in the morning, and I flipped a shit when we finally did that. Because uh, I, I died, and I was just waiting on everyone else to, to kind of kill him. But um, just, like, that memory, that memory was just, it's so good. Like, it's just, like, and, and plus, uh, I, I'm just always playing a Blizzard game. Um, Yeah, it's hands down Blizzard. Hands down. I mean, like, and Uncharted's cool, but... Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Warcraft. Warcraft all the way. I can respect that. Warcraft. Thompson, what about you? Uh, I, I think you're a monster, is what I think. Yeah, <laughs> I I thought this would be specifically a tough one for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm also a huge Blizzard fan. You know, like Diablo one and two, Starcraft one. I played Warcraft two on DOS. You know, like when I was like four or something. Um, <laughs> yeah, and that was like fresh back then. You know, <laughs> so um, Blizzard's always been there. And like, yeah, I agree. I've always been playing a Blizzard game, but then I gotta look at Sony has stuff like my favorite game of all time, The Last of Us, is there. You know, like the Resistance series, even though like three's not eh, whatever but like one and two i loved and there's so many sony games i just absolutely love right um i don't know if i wouldn't be who i am without blizzard though <laughs> so i guess i'm gonna have to say blizzard i can always count on them it's not that sony isn't great for most of my favorites come from sony um i just think that blizzard's like Blizzard's my rock, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I thought you might lean that way, but I wanted to ask this one specifically because I figured it would be an interesting uh, back and forth for you because I know Last of Us is your number one pick. So It's it's really hard, man. I, I practically shed like a, the single Native American tear when I looked at the list of first-party games just now. <laughs> it's just like, oh, this is going to hurt me, you know? <laughs> I have to apologize off the bat. I, I haven't played Last of Us. It's okay. But I, no I, one think, else I think nobody else has either. So <laughs> just par for the course. I'm the only one. It's fine. <laughs> um, so for me, I, I I think you know I'm gonna buck the trend here and go with Sony. Um, but for similar reasons, in that like Sony first party games and Nintendo first party games are my like most hmm. formative experiences. You know, the PlayStation was my first console. So you know, when I think PlayStation games, I go as far back as like you know stuff like. Crash Bandicoot and Spyro the Dragon that were like OG experiences for me um, because I had a PlayStation years before I got an N64. So like well before I played Mario 64, like those were my, you know, like 3D platformers when I was a kid. Um, You know, PlayStation 2 was my primary console, that next gen. So it's like games like Jack and Daxter and Ratchet and Clank and Sly Cooper um, were all big things for me. Uh, I kind of miss out on a lot of the gems from the PS3, but I have doubled back for some of those. And then coming into the PS4 generation, you know, it's like we've got Uncharted, Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, you know, it's like 
there, there's definitely just a lot there that speaks to specifically what I like in games, which is like story driven single player experiences um, that are generally like action oriented. So, yeah, I have to give it to Sony, especially because when it comes to Blizzard, like I played Warcraft for or World of Warcraft for a few years when I was younger, but I was never like very good at it. You know, I was <laughs> never like deep into raid culture or anything like that. Like I did a few raids, but I was never in a, an active enough guild or anything like that to really get the hooks in. Um, so the only Blizzard game I really have a huge attachment to is Overwatch. And it would be like a shame to, to have to give that up but the alternative is like unthinkable for me fair enough um but you know i think it's like this is definitely like a sophie's choice kind of thing where it's just like <laughs> oh man these are like two of the 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 best of the best what what is know? the original sophie's choice what are we do, do we know what we're comparing <laughs> video games to at this point <laughs> it has something to do with a baby or something right I think so <laughs> So. It's like a baby with cancer or something. I don't remember. Yeah, I think it was between her two children. She had to pick one to live. Okay. Some crap like well, that. then I guess it's perfectly valid. Yeah, no, for <laughs> yeah, me. Right? Okay. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. All right, so I guess that means it's time for... The news! The news! We're talking about the news! The news! The news! We're talking about the news! All right, so I don't even know how to tell you how many news items we have on this week's list because it's all news all the time. <laughs> so we're just going to jump right into it. So before we get into, like, the really, really meaty stuff, we've got a couple of uh, game announcements to go through. So um, one that I know I'm personally excited for is uh, Rocket League is coming to the Nintendo Switch on November 14th. Uh, for 20 bucks, and it's going to be launching with a couple Switch-exclusive cars that we talked about in a previous episode uh, based on Mario, Luigi, and Samus. Um, I fucking love Rocket League, and I feel like the Nintendo Switch is, like, the perfect home for it. Wait, the you know? Samus's gunship is a... Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> it looks awesome. Yeah, oh, that's if, you, so uh, cool. if you click through that's the so link cool. we've got in the notes, you can see a picture of it. Like, it looks dope. Um, and I think they have plans to roll out a few more cars like that in the future, like, over time, that'll just be on Switch, so... Um, you know, if you haven't played Rocket League for whatever reason and you have a Nintendo Switch, definitely pick this game up. Like, I couldn't recommend it highly enough. Um, it's just a ton of fun, and I feel like the jump-in, jump-out nature of the Switch, like, is a perfect home for this game. So, I, I can't wait to sink some more time into it. Do we know if there's cross-platform on this one? Uh, I believe there is with PC, but I'm not okay, 100% cool. yeah, sure it's usually on that one. Okay, cool. Um, because I know there's cross-platform on PC, PS4, but not on Xbox. Yeah, so, Xbox is the, the weird one with a lot of the stuff. Yeah, 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 and I know that, like, there's, like, a whole weird conversation around that because, like, Sony doesn't want to play ball with some games, and then, I don't know. So it, it's it's all crazy, but I, I don't know if it'll have it at launch, but I do feel like I remember them talking about it coming at a later date. Um, But I would imagine, based on, like, the way that stuff is selling on the Switch lately, like, anything that's, like, kind of notable like this, like, jumps to the top of the sales charts because yeah, people it's only are so ravenous too. for games. Yeah, so yeah. I'm sure you won't have a, uh, a hard time finding people to play this with when it comes to Switch. Um, so we also finally got word on when PUBG is coming to Xbox. The game's alpha uh, launches on December 12th through the Xbox Games Preview Program, and then version 1.0 of PUBG is going to be on PC in late December. Oh. So uh, Microsoft also announced that they're going to be releasing oh, okay. three limited edition cosmetic packs for um, just on Xbox for pub but uh there's no pricing or timing on them but they did say that there are quote no plans to feature any in-game purchases in the xbox game preview version of PUBG. 
So it sounds like they won't have microtransactions in the console version until it's out of alpha. Mm-hmm. But they will have this like limited time thing. So if you're interested in PUBG on Xbox and you care about that kind of thing, you might want to, you know, just keep your eye out for that because it seems like it's going to be kind of, I don't know. I'm sure we'll hear more about it when there's more to hear about it. But it's weird that they kind of threw it out here and they're like, there's no microtransactions except for this one thing. But we don't have anything to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Keep your ear to the ground on that one and we'll, we'll try to keep you keep you abreast about that. But um, yeah, I mean, this is great. I'm glad that PUBG's finally going to be making its way to consoles. Um, I, I can't wait to see how many people it really ends up like hitting there. Because I imagine it'll be a pretty big deal, you know? Um, so like, does this game break like 20 million copies by the end of the year? Like, is that possible? Like, I don't know. But I mean, I mean I've only played this on PC like a couple times, uh, or at least gotten to the end a couple times. Um, <laughs> but on the, sh- on, on the show, you're, you pretty much have PUBG Watch going right. on with the amount of news that comes out for this. So it's i want to see what they can dominate next essentially which is pretty yeah, cool yeah it's 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 so fun to just be like what's the next mountain they're going to climb exactly. yeah, <laughs> yeah. and i don't i don't feel like se- selling a few million copies in a few weeks during the holiday season is crazy like i feel like they could totally hit a really sizable number of people on the xbox platform and uh and really see that number of total users across yeah, both sure. platforms like hit a another insane benchmark right so I don't know. We'll see. But uh, December. So keep your eyes out if you're an Xbox gamer. Uh, wait, Pete, before we move on. Uh, th- so 1.0 of it is coming in late December. Does that mean like yeah. we're leaving early access? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It'll be the final official version of the game. Wow. Finally. Cool. So we can finally get zombie mode, huh? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> the interesting wrinkle there, too, is like, okay, so I know a lot of people have been talking about, does this game qualify for Game of the Year because it's been in early access? But if it hits 1.0 by the end of the year, does it make the cut for Game of the Year conversation? Oh. <laughs> it's going to be my question. I'm like, I think it should be in the conversation. I don't think it's going to win it in such a tough year, but, you know, somebody will have to give it to it, I think, because PUBG was, like, just such an amazing phenomenon, you know? was is you know it's still still going on um but anyway speaking of in-game purchases uh ea has announced a reworked loot crate system for star wars battlefront 2 in light of the user feedback um that we've talked about in the last two weeks here uh in a post on the publisher's website so it's uh it's it's pretty short i'm just going to read it to you because it gives you all the information about how they changed it to make it a little bit less like pay to win basically um so They write, We went into Star Wars Battlefront 2 with a goal to make the deepest, biggest Star Wars game you've ever played. That meant transporting you to all three eras and handing you in a huge assortment of heroes, classes, and vehicles, as well as bringing tons of free post-launch content to all Star Wars Battlefront 2 players. The beta gave us a welcome chance to test all of our systems in action and tune things for a better balance. A few weeks back, we mentioned we were going to take another look at how the progression system works. After incorporating feedback from the beta, we're happy to share our plans for launch. Epic Star Cards, the highest tier of Star Cards available at launch, have been removed from crates. To help everyone keep on a level playing field, these Star Cards will primarily be available through crafting, with the exception of special Epic Star Cards available through pre-order, deluxe, and starter packs. Uh, So that's already a huge change right there. Um, It's going to make getting the best things based on playing the game not random chance, so that's good. Um, You'll need to reach a certain rank to craft upgraded star cards, so you won't be able to buy a bunch of crates, grind everything up into crafting materials, and immediately use them to get super powerful star cards. You can only upgrade the ability to craft higher tier star cards by ranking up through playing the game. 
weapons are locked behind specific milestones. While a select few will be found in crates, the rest can only be attained by play. Want to unlock a new weapon for your heavy? Play as a heavy and you'll gain access to the class's new weapons. So that solves the issue that Andy had been talking about, you know, for weeks and that, like, you know, uh, he was playing one specific class and not get any, getting anything for that class. Um, and then they said class-specific gear and items can be unlocked by playing as them. So as you progress through your favorite class, you'll hit milestones, granting you class-specific crates. These will include a mix of star cards and crafting parts to benefit your class's development. Uh, this system, as well as all of the others, will be continually inter- iterated and improved. Excuse me. Uh, as we first announced at EA Play in June, we're committed to keeping the community together. All upcoming weapons, maps, heroes, and vehicles introduced in Star Wars Battlefront 2's post-release content will be free so that players can play alongside friends as the world of Star Wars Battlefront 2 continues to grow. We know that the magic is in the balance, and we're going to make sure that we continue to make a game that is fun for everyone. Yeah, really. So, That's a lot to unpack. Yeah, it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it sounds like they basically walked back all the problems that people were really fucking railing them for. So, yeah. That's good. It's, it's good news, yeah. I'm glad to hear it. And, you know, I mean, the star card thing isn't really, for me, I don't really like that kind of progression system, but I feel like they at least made it, like, you don't, you know, have to pay money now. Like like you were saying, it's less pay to win, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's really based on, like, what you're playing to, which is good. Um, you know, I actually just redownloaded uh, Battlefield 2142, because apparently there's, like, a... Uh, like, a re- um, server for it on this, like, revive launcher thing. Oh, nice. Yeah, so... Same thing. You play in the class in those games, you unlock per the class. So it, it reminds me a lot of the old Battlefield games now, you know, which I appreciate that, you know, like, good on them for rolling back this stuff. And that was the thing that bothered me the most about the beta was I'm playing, you know, I think the assault guy and I'm getting stuff for like the sniper and I'm like, I, I can't snipe for shit. Like, <laughs> I don't want any of this stuff. And right. I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Um, I literally have R2-D2 tattooed on my leg. Like, like so I'm really excited for this but i'm i still feel a little burned out from the first one like yeah the first one had a lot of problems yeah i don't know if it's gonna be a day one purchase for me it's definitely gonna be my radar but uh, I, I gotta see what, what people think about it first i'm kind of with you on it like it's i definitely want to play it especially yeah. because of the single player you know yeah, like the single yeah. player is written by the guy who wrote spec ops the line so, like, that's great pedigree there. Like, I would love a good single-player Star Wars experience that's, like, about five hours, which yeah. is what that's supposed to be. So, I mean, if it gives me that, and then they fix the multiplayer system and, like, iterate it on what was good about the first one, but actually give us enough content to not get bored, like, that could be great. But I'm, I'm definitely with you, Tyler, where I, I feel a little bit on the fence about this one because there's so many other things out this year that, like... Oh, yeah, I know. If this is just okay, I don't really need it. Agreed. Yeah, you know, I think I think this is definitely a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. But what Tyler just expressed is a part of the problem that they have to sort of deal with, which is that a lot of people were so burned by the first Battlefront that they're not necessarily making this a priority purchase right now. And when the game is in beta and it has all these problems, uh, things that it seems like they should they should know better than to do, uh, it really makes people question whether or not EA has the right idea with this game. And so it's great that they are making these changes. I'm a little thrown off by the fact that you can still get uh, Epic Star cards through the pre-order, deluxe, or starter packs. Um, that's not as egregious as the way it was before, but... 
I could still see that being an issue. I think this is one of those situations where it's really going to be wait and see for a lot of people. And that's going to affect their bottom line. Oh yeah, like money money's tight, dude. Like this is a this is a huge year, you know. You got tons of shit coming out and if you bought a Switch, you already sank at least $500 down right on that, you know. And if you want to get games for it too, you know, the library for that is healthy. Sony's got some great shit, you know. Like this isn't a bad game. It's just it's just a lot out this fall, man. Yeah, and like Again, c- coupled with, you know, this slight debacle, people remember that first impression more than most things usually, and people are going to be a little bit burned sometimes, maybe, and I don't know, I have I feel like this game really, really could be something good, you know, I, I wish I had disposable income to get it, like, day one, but this this is probably one of those things that, like, by the time I have the money to get it, no one's going to be playing it anymore, you know? Well, see, I, I think the thing that... The thing that I think bodes well for this game is that I think even if it stumbles at launch, if it is really good and there's positive word of mouth, I think the fact that they have a uh, a free DLC rollout plan planned for like multiple years from seasons from now, I feel like every oh. four months or whatever, if they're like, hey, there's three <laughs> new maps and a new thing and the game's on sale, I feel like this might be a game we see people buying, you know, later and later and, and it has a longer... Um, just tail than the first one did because there's more shit to do. What's the launch date on this? Uh, I think it's November seventeenth. Okay, so so mid November. So I mean, they could always put out like like an event once the Last Jedi comes out, which I think they said they're gonna have some tie and stuff right. there. I'm sure so they will. Yeah, that's probably when I'll be looking into it. I'll be hype, hype like top Star Wars hype at that point. Um, new event to tie into the movie. It's already been out. You know, hopefully there's good buzz. Exactly. I think that's you've heard about the single where, player. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like there there's a chance for that, for sure. Um, but I do think, like, just to circle this back, because, you know, I think we talk about EA a lot on this show. People definitely, I think, are a little unfair um, to them in general, uh, even though we don't always agree with the things that they do. Um, I have to say, I think this definitely speaks to a point that Sean made in our conversation about Lootbox a week or two ago, uh, where this is the market correcting itself, right, based on feedback. And it, we're lucky that EA, that the problems with this game were not on a fundamental gameplay level and it was something that was so easily fixable before the game comes out, you know? Like, this is what betas are all about, so... Yeah, yeah, and, <laughs> and, and again, people people are going to have to be, as they should be in general life, uh, the watchdogs, you know, and, yeah. and, and the watchmen for situations like this. And if you have a problem with loot boxes and the way that these systems develop, then... Don't just blindly uh, pay into them. Speak your mind. Speak with your wallet. And the developers will have to change because they want to sell games. Yep. And that's the bottom line. And um, so ultimately, I'm looking forward to this game. I feel like these changes are enough for me to feel way more confident that I'll be interested in playing it. But um, we'll, we'll have to see. So we'll talk about it on the next come, I'm sure. Uh, so moving on to a little Nintendo news, the company has released a, uh, a awesome little infographic that offers some interesting info about how people are spending their time on their Nintendo Switch. So a little over 50% of players are using both the TV mode and handheld mode about equally. Uh, around 30% of players primarily use the tabletop or handheld mode, and just under 20% of players primarily use it in TV mode. So um, Nintendo defines primary as someone who's spending 80% of their time in a particular mode. 
So um, they've got a little quote here. It says, as the graph breaks it down, we can see how the different play modes for hardware are classified from the docked to the undocked experience. We can clearly see that consumers are playing to suit their own play styles, um, which is, I think, really interesting. You know, I think this is a huge part of why the Switch is such a success is that it's it's very adaptable to the game you're playing and how you feel like playing it. And there's only under 20% of people only using it in TV mode, right? Like, yeah, that's really making it seem like the handheld that they, they were kind of positioning it at, at one point. Yeah, yeah. Despite the fact that they've been like very, oh, it's a home console. It's a home yeah. console. But obviously a lot of people are treating it more like a handheld. And I see people with Switches out and about like crazy lately. Especially when Mario came out. Ugh, it's like jealousy is just looking at me across the street. <laughs> <laughs> you're just like sitting on the bus like watching. It's like you like it's like you like saw your ex or something like that. And you're, you know, <laughs> just sad music playing. I feel like that one younger cousin that like Thanksgiving who you don't like who wanted to play your Pokemon on your Game Boy. <laughs> uh, oh I just wanna like can I just take it from you? I just, I just, like, like hey, for five minutes I just wanna play Mario. You got some games I can play? Alright. <laughs> I need to switch so bad. Oh, yeah, you do. It's incredible. One smash. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, uh, though, but, like Smash will will sell me instantly, but I'll, I'll probably get one before that. So or Pokemon. Oh my god, I, we can talk about water Pokemon. I mean, I'm a guest. Isn't that what I'm supposed to do? <laughs> yeah, Tyler, you wanna you wanna be on the right side of history, or <laughs> I will say Gyarados best Pokemon. What up? Second what up? best Garbodor. Ooh, Garbodor. The trash not really, not really. I know, I know he's a trash Pokemon. <laughs> no, Gyarados, best one. Maybe he not water in general, him. but... Here's my Gyarados plush. <laughs> uh, alright, see, alright, that's why I like you, Tyler. You Maybe maybe we just we just fire Andy, I bring Tyler on. Just, you know, he's got respect for the water Pokemon. And he's a Blizzard boy. <laughs> Blizz boys! <laughs> <laughs> Look at that tattoo on my forehead. Do it. <laughs> and the same in the Joker font, just like right oh up there. Joker man. Yeah. This is sort the of damaged. It just says Blizz Boy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Love it. Anyway, uh, so speaking of, uh, of success for <laughs> Nintendo, Super Mario Odyssey is actually the fastest selling Mario game in the U.S. ever. What? That's so, crazy. Yeah, right? So uh, the game's already moved over 2 million copies since its release, and I imagine it's even more than that because that number's from a few days ago at this point. Um, but 1.1 million of that has come from the U.S., making Odyssey uh, the fastest-selling Mario game and the fastest-selling Switch game since launch, which are is pretty rad. Are people buying this game and don't even have a Switch? Like, <laughs> I, feel like I feel like there's more people bought this than I actually know who have Switches. That's what happened with Zelda. So well, I, I, know, I remember true. there, was, yeah. that, there yeah. was that point where it was like, there are more copies of Zelda sold than there are Nintendo Switches that physically <laughs> exist. So <laughs> it's, it's Nintendo magic, man. This is That's what happens. Yeah. They got dividends on their own product. I don't even know how it happens. <laughs> I do I do love this, though. Nintendo fucking came out and basically just, like, dropped their hip-hop balls on the table with this press statement. They're just like, on Metacritic.com, which aggregates scores from certain reviewers, for example, the game currently has a critical review average of 97 with 43 perfect scores. This makes Super Mario Odyssey the best-reviewed game on Metacritic for any system of the last three years, tied only with the <laughs> Nintendo Switch launch game, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the 
Buffalo Wild, aka suck our dick. Humble brag. That's all. It's just a humble brag. Came out with the hottest game before, and then they're just like, remember that early game you thought was great? This one's even better. But actually, they're you know they're just tied for first now. The only game that can compete with it is the other great game that we put out this year, also available on Nintendo Switch. They're just daring PUBG to come out this year so they can steal that <laughs> game of the year. They're rattling a cage. <laughs> See, this is what happens. Game dev- you know, companies, they get they get on top, they become the monarch, they get a little cocky. They rattle PUBG, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I mean, like this is great. I'm, I'm happy to see this, you know? I, I love Super Mario Odyssey, and I'm going to take this opportunity just to talk about it a little bit more, because uh, I'm having so much goddamn fun with it. And now that Thompson's played a little bit of it with me on Pals Play, uh, what, what, are you, what are you thinking about what you've seen so far, buddy? I haven't played a Mario game since Mario 64. Um... So, yeah, this is great. <laughs> like, I just wasn't into anything in between. Nothing really. Just, I didn't really care, you know. But, like, w- once you, like, take a look at this game and how much there is and just even, like, the first little world, it's just incre- it's just crazy, man. There's just so much shit to do. It just reminds me when I was playing Zelda, you know. like Yeah, where there's just that, like, overwhelming amount of depth. But it's not really, like, overwhelming because with mario it's like the lands are smaller and it's like more precise about what you're doing and everything's like compartmentalized yeah. a little bit better yeah yeah. i mean zelda was a little bit i was like oh shit where do i go <laughs> um <laughs> but this is this is pretty this is pretty fucking great man i think like the highest praise i can say of it is like in the the sessions that we did for it i think we played the game for about two or three hours maybe and we got up to where I was in my save on my personal file. And then after Thompson left, I switched over and just kept playing. <laughs> so I, I spent like six hours playing that game the other night and like didn't realize it was four in the morning until I actually like put down the game and checked my watch. You know, it was like, oh, my God. <laughs> so I I, ugh, I can't get enough of it, honestly. It's um, it's dripping with that Nintendo special sauce. So. You know, if you if you've got a switch and you haven't checked it out, get it. If you are thinking about getting a switch and you haven't got one yet, go get it before the holidays. Because Tyler, I'm talking to you. I know, I know, <laughs> I'm Tyler. I can't. I'm like, oh, let's wait for the Odyssey bundle. Oh, oh those don't exist. All right. Yeah, it's like, and it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, that's gonna take us actually into our meat and potatoes this week, which is just more news. So don't get too excited. Um, But we've got a metric ton of trailers and announcements that have come out of Sony's Paris Games Week showing and BlizzCon. But since Sony stuff came first, uh, we'll start there. So um, let's let's all jump into our Sony notes, guys. It's a lot, guys. We got got two separate documents this week because we got such a packed show. So um, Sony's Paris Games Week, they talked about it in the week prior. Uh, They kind of called it out as being like their sequel to E3. And uh, I think it was very much a sequel to E3, for better or worse. Um, Or for better and worse, I guess. Because we did get a decent number of new announcements, but a lot of it was just kind of like updates on things that we've already seen and not definitive updates, which is a little disappointing. You know, there was a couple games here I was really hoping for a release date for that uh, we we didn't even come close to. So... You know, um, but, you know, we'll jump into this. We're going to go into it in, like, semi-chronological order. I'm sure we'll end up jumping around a little bit. But, um, you know, so they had a pre-show, which is a thing that Sony's been kind of doing for the last couple press shows like this, where they do, like, a half hour to an hour and a half pre-show where they actually make a ton of announcements, um, which is strange, but whatever. It's appreciated. Uh, so, yeah, right? It's 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 a, usually a place for them to make some good, like, um, 
indie game announcements, you know? Like, I feel like they, they save a lot of the bigger first-party stuff for the main stage, and, you know, we got, like, Undertale was announced at the last pre-show that they did. So, um, here we got the final announcement of Guacamelee 2, which is, um, you know, for those of you who don't know, it was, like, a, a great little platformer that Andy was a huge fan of. Um, was a big game on, on the Sony Vita. It's coming on PS4. Um, they said it was coming soon-ish. So, you know, I imagine it's probably coming next year, if I had to guess. Um, no Vita version, unfortunately, RIP Vita, but uh, hopefully it comes to Switch. And, um, you know, we saw some new gameplay functions, like brand new mechanics at play. If, if you're a fan of Guacamelee, I would definitely recommend going and checking out this trailer. It's very stylish, and, um, you know, it, it features some definite, like, stuff that... If you're a fan of the original, you'll definitely be showing up for. You know, we, we're going to see uh, kind of a return to um, the the chicken form that was really popular with people from the first game, and and you know they promise a ton of like quote refinement of some of the things that were you know presented in the original game. So uh, I've never played Guacamole myself, but I know it's definitely um, a game that Andy and a few other um, of our pundit friends were like huge fans of. So, you know, if you're into 2d platformers, definitely one you might want to check out. Yeah. It looks like a lot of fun. I mean, I never played the first one. I heard of it. I didn't really know what it was and I didn't know what to expect going into this trailer because I hadn't seen the first one. So, uh, when I watched it though, I mean, it looks, it looks like a blast. Uh, is it a game that I'm likely to pick up? No, but it still looks (laughs) cool. And I'm happy for the people who like this. And the people who were a fan of the first one, now you get a sequel. That's awesome. Yeah. And a really yeah, good-looking game. Really good-looking. It's it's mixing guacamole, Mexican wrestling, and a platformer. Like, I'm pretty much into that. Like, <laughs> those are most of my favorite things right there. Very um, much my aesthetic. Yes, yes. This speaks to me. Uh, I probably won't be good at it because I'm horrible at platformers. Um, but it just looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I, so like I said, I, I think I actually own a copy of the first one. Like, I think I got it in a Humble Bundle or something. And, like, checking this out, I'm just kind of like, huh, maybe I'll go back and, and play that before that this one comes out. Like, I'm sure it won't matter on, like, a story thing or whatever, but it definitely got me, like, itching to maybe check that out. But Drinkbox uh, is the studio behind it, and they're, like, super stylish. I love the, um, all their stuff has that kind of, like, um, Day of the Dead, but, like, you know like hand-drawn aesthetic kind of vibe like it very much feels like a cartoon or something like that you know um so yeah i I definitely think i'll end up checking this one out even if i don't make it back to the to the first one um so then we got uh, another trailer for a game called the hong kong massacre which is coming to ps4 in 2018 uh top down gunplay looks like hotline miami basically but with like realistic graphics it's like it it reminded me of like a john woo movie you know (laughs) it's like i don't know um looks like a little generic to me but yeah, yeah usually i'm intrigued by the words top down gunplay um <laughs> but yeah i don't know how i feel about this one this looks a little a little strange like is it because they showed like a reticle that i guess was like it almost felt like it would be better on like a pc in a way yeah no i totally got that feeling like it felt well. like a mouse and cursor sort of thing and i was like how does that gonna work on a i don't know I don't know. What like, unless it's like a though? twin stick shooter kind of thing, like uh, I could yeah. see. But then I, I don't know. I feel like it, it just looks a little slow. You know, like like it immediately reminded me of Hotline Miami, but it's like I think I'd rather just play Hotline Miami. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Did this do anything for you, Sean? Uh, no. I, I mean, <laughs> I don't. I, it looks okay, but I first of all, it's very short. 
trailer. It's interspersed with stuff that's not gameplay. Uh, I really would need to see more, need to see a more gameplay focused trailer that really gives me a clear idea of what, of what's happening and what this is supposed to be. Um, I could get into a game like this, but I, again, I would need to see a lot more. I just feel like there's just so many other games that do what this does that just seem like they're a little bit more engaging. Like there's a hook to them that I just, this just didn't have for me. Maybe, but again, maybe that hook is there. They just didn't show it. This, this yeah, is that's too, too short, too bland, you know? Yeah. So, you know, we'll see, I guess. Um, interesting that they showed it off here, though. Like, obviously, they must have some stake in it if it's uh, getting attention at Paris Games Week. So, right. I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll get another trailer that'll enlighten us a little bit. Uh, and then we got another tease for an indie game called The Gardens Between. Uh, it's animated indie title that's, like, about kids and friendship and, like, weird childhood memories and... Like, they're, like, lost on this island. Like, I don't know. It, it looks very interesting. Like, time seems like it's a major mechanic. Um, it's, like, a puzzler where you can, like, you know, I guess use your memories to kind of, like, solve the puzzles and move to the next part of the game. But I, it seems very interesting. It seems like a game you really need to play to understand. But I definitely love the look of it. And um, I, I definitely want to check this one out. Like, this is a must-play for me. Yeah, I figured, I figured this would be up your alley. I... <laughs> I, I, I thought the same exact thing. <laughs> yeah, these, these games, these kind of games, are just—they're uh, not for me. I don't understand this. I, yeah. I, thought it, I thought it looked really cool. Like, like I'm not a big single player game person. I like multiplayer. I like 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 making someone else mad on the other games that I'm playing. Um, <laughs> but this looks like a lot of fun. This looked like a good like just. I need to relax and cool down, wind down because somebody else kicked my ass in a video game. And this feels like a good like a palate cleanser almost for me. Yeah, dude, that's what that's what I like games like this for. You know, it's like for me, like I'm definitely a person who like there's a game for every mood, and like mm-hmm. sometimes I really want like a high octane multiplayer experience, and sometimes it's like I just did that and I want to like cool off and play something before I go to bed. You know, and like I feel like something like this could definitely be a fun thing to play for like a weekend. You know, no, agree. Um, especially love like bite sized experiences like that as I get older and have like, you know, less time to dedicate hours and hours to a big game, something that's like small and, and just tries to, you know, say something and then be done is um, definitely appealing to me. Uh, so we got a, um, a, a trailer for Loco Roco 2 Remastered, which is, you know, classic puzzle game. So um, if that's up your alley, it's coming out December 9th, you can pre-order it now. You know, I, I was never really a local Roco guy, so I don't know about that. But um, check it out if you are. Uh, we also got a trailer for Sims 4, which is coming to PS4 on November 17th. Um, apparently, like, a very full-featured version. I know a problem with those games in the past, a lot of times, that the console versions always feel a little watered down. Um, and apparently, they're kind of going out of their way to make that not the case this time around. So um, if you're a Sims fan... You know, that's something to look forward to. I can confirm this is a lot of the Sim stuff because my girlfriend plays a lot of it. So, so there's vampires now. Oh, oh really? What? What? I, the I hell? guess. Yeah, you can make vampires. You, you you can just be born one. I don't know. Thompson. I'm not sure. Thompson's <laughs> activating. <laughs> <laughs> this flies in the face of a lot of things I've learned. Um, if you ever watch uh, Polygon's Monster Factory, there's a good Sims Four episode where they they work with the vampire stuff. Damn, it's it's pretty hilarious. Interest peaked. 
<laughs> well, it's good. It's fun to watch. Maybe not really my forte when it comes to playing. Yeah, yeah. My girlfriend played The Sims 3 for quite a while, and I had a blast watching her live out life and me just judging her, you know. So <laughs> if, she, if she ever, like, she's expressed interest in 4, and I'm just like, oh, maybe I can get her 4, and she'll play that, and I'll just watch. What you, what you should do is get her to get it on PS4 so that you can borrow the disc, and we'll do a Let's Play on it of Pal's Play, and it'll be, <laughs> that could be funny. Huh. You <laughs> might like be on something. a vampire family. <laughs> there's there's cats and dogs now at least on the pc version so oh that's cool it's, well if my, if my house is not loaded with at least like six or seven cats i'm not happy <laughs> that's why you guys got me on the show to talk about the sims that i barely know about <laughs> <laughs> yeah my knowledge extends all the way back to the first one so that's about Tyler, it also a sims boy <laughs> Ooh, adjacent maybe <laughs> i feel like every I don't know. I feel like you're hard pressed to find a guy gamer who hasn't dated a girl that that's gone through at least one serious Sims period <laughs> in her life. You know. <laughs> All right, so then uh, the uh, one of the oh no, actually never mind. I'm I lied. There's a few more things before we get to the main show. What the fuck? That pre-show was long. Jesus. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, we're almost done here. Uh. So then they also announced Tennis World Tour coming to PS4 in uh 2018. I'm sure we're all excited for that one. Oh man! Um, yeah. Can't wait. We got we got the announcement of a game called Megalith by Disruptive Games. Um, before humanity, Titans battle for supremacy to become gods. Uh, like literally, no info about what kind of game this is, but um, I've seen pundits call it a shooter. So it's another battle. I guess born. it's a shooter. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Not a great, not a great way to pitch your game, guys. <laughs> so I have no idea what this is about. I don't know anything about it, but the tagline is "Become a God," and that's fantastic. So, <laughs> yeah, like surprisingly, I I have interest in this. <laughs> I actually do. Well, I mean, I'll go, take it. There goes Sean's God complex rearing its head. <laughs> that's right. Sean once called me a video game god. I'm willing to take that bet with this game. <laughs> Let's do it, man. Um, then we got an announcement for uh, a bunch of VR games, um, and the first one I thought was actually really interesting looking. It's called Bow to Blood. Uh, it's like a space pirate VR fucking ship fighting game, and I, my immediate thought of it was, this looks awesome! I can't wait to make fun of Sean! <laughs> make fun of me? Why? Will you play the pirate game with me, Sean? Let's be space no, pirates. No, this isn't like no. Age of Sail pirates. These are space <laughs> pirates, man. These are totally different. There, there are no pirates that I like, and we're going to actually be talking about pirates a little later when we talk about World of Warcraft. Um, I know. But, but this, <laughs> this. I mean, again, you know, this is, does nothing for me. The name is cringy. Bout of blood, and then bout of blood, and then you got pirate. Like, who is this for? This is for this, this for Thompson. <laughs> this, this is very much like that uh, Guns Icarus game, but with like a, a stylized kind of art over it. And to be yeah. honest with you, the fact that it's VR killed it right off the bat. Like, I was just like, nah, <laughs> not for me. Um, oh, dude, I don't know. Like, I, I probably won't play it because I don't use my VR headset like at all. But like, it looks fun as hell. <laughs> it's it, just go play Guns of Icarus. <laughs> It's a bad whenever the, the trailer starts and it goes, PlayStation VR, I'm like, oh. No, no, okay. that's exactly how I feel. All the right. moment I see VR, I'm just like, all right, well. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, shit, dude, I own one and I kind of feel that way a lot of times. I'm just like, ah, like, because uh, it's just so much work. It's so much work to put the headset on and, like, move all your shit and be like, okay, I'm not going <laughs> to bump anything into anything for six feet away. Like, I don't know. 
Um, so then we got Ultra Wings VR. It looks like a standard flying sim coming soon. Looks uh, fucking awesome. Too bad it's VR. Yeah, you were into that? Dude, I used to love flight sim games. Mm, Remember, like, first game one. we ever did, it was Global Space Program. Yep, true. I, I've literally lived, lived on flight sim games, like, since I was a wee kid, and this looked like the epitome of it, and then again, I saw his VR, and I was like, hmm, maybe this would be the only game I would probably try, honestly. Well, maybe we'll have to give it a shot, then. Maybe. Watch me crash. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then there was a uh, sprint vector, um, which is uh, a locom- locomotion based speed running game, which looks fucking awesome. Like art wise, it was like just crazy. You know, it, it reminded me, um, I don't know. It reminded me of like a lot of like, I guess like pop art, just like a lot of like really vibrant color. And, you know, like it, it, I can't imagine a game about locomotion and running that looks that psychedelic being easy to like keep up with. But uh, it certainly looked cool. It kind of reminds me of that Thumper game that came out uh, like last year. You know, like the I can uh, see that, yeah, and with like that with like Sonic thrown in there just to <laughs> fuck with you. <laughs> um, and then we got some more stuff for Moss, which is coming in February 2018. Um, that's that little mouse platformer that uh, we've been seeing for a while now. I'm still not sold in this game, but I'm like I'm interested in it. I like platformers and like I like the idea of it, but I don't know that. And again, I, I, I like the idea of a VR game where I can sit down and just play it like a normal game with the headset definitely is more appealing to me than like one where I have to like move shit around and stand up. <laughs> right. I don't have time for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't know. We'll see about that one. Sean, I saw a smirk on your face. You got a problem with my cute mouse games? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> Sean, there's like cute mouse people coming to Warcraft, so <sighs> please, dude. I think Warcraft's starting to fall in line with my sensibilities. <laughs> Pirates, cute mouse people. <laughs> this is my last expansion, guys. <laughs> yes, there'll be more time for you to play single player games. Oh, I hope your guild didn't hear that. <laughs> uh, no, my guild does not give a shit about me on this podcast. <laughs> Uh, so then we got another, um, you know, another game uh, called Star Child um, Cinematic Platforming Adventure. Is what they're calling it, which like, yup, like that sounds cool. Um, but I don't know, like it's another one of these shows where there's nothing to it. You know, like it's it's just it's a cool art style, but it's like they haven't shown me anything about it, like how it plays and the fact that it's in VR. Like that makes me even more concerned, you know? I was so. just I was just bummed that this wasn't about Paul Stanley from Kiss. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, cool! I played a Kiss game on the Sega Dreamcast. That was pretty weird, but no, it's not about that at all. Unfortunately, no. I think my my most the most frustrating part of it for me was they teased a new gameplay function, but then <laughs> I haven't even seen one gameplay function. So we'll see about this one. Uh, and then Resident Evil 7 is getting a new free free DLC called Not a Hero uh, coming December 12th that co- stars Chris Redfield. So that's that's pretty dope, actually. Um, I, I could definitely see myself picking that up, especially because it's free. And Resident Evil was a great game um, that, like, I feel like got lost in the shuffle of how great this fucking year was. Like, any other year, I feel like that game would still be a talking point. And I feel like it's definitely going to get lost in the Game of the Year conversation uh, because of how many incredible things have come out come out since then you know 
Um, so hopefully this will maybe bring in some new blood and, you know, remind everybody else that this game existed. <laughs> you know, existed. <laughs> I didn't play Resident Evil this year, uh, but this looked so awesome, I thought. Uh, it really made me want to pick up Resident Evil 7. The fact that it's free DLC, the fact that it's Chris Redfield, the fact that I've kind of been wanting a Resident Evil experience lately. Um, but you're right in that this this game wasn't talked about a ton. So for me, uh, I knew that it was I knew that it existed, but there wasn't any hype. So it was hard to kind of get pushed into the purchase, if you will. Yeah. Uh, but now with this trailer and the fact that this is on its way, I might actually Christmas right around the corner, probably some discount, pick it up. Good experience, I think. So sure. I, I'll probably be jumping on board with this. I'd highly recommend it. I mean, I didn't spend a lot of time with RE7, but the time I did spend with it, I loved. And it was definitely one of the coolest VR experiences I had when I, I played. Because you can play the whole game in, with the uh, pl- PlayStation headset. And uh, it's intense. Like, it's intensely terrifying to be like, to feel that close to what's going on. Um, especially because so much of the game is like running and hiding and shit is like, yeah, it's uh, it's an experience. So I'll definitely jump back into this and, and play the play the DLC. Um, then we also got a, a an ad for a game called um, Dead Hungry, which is like a goofy <laughs> zombie feeding game from Pixel Jump Junk. Uh, reminds me of Job Simulator. Looks like a very like just like silly like comedy kind of game. Um, it's out right now. Yeah. So. At one point in this, the guy throws uh, like a a hamburger at a zombie's face, and I'm like, oh okay. <laughs> That might, that might be demo alley, actually. I think you feed them burgers and, and they get, like, fixed or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, they, it's weird. They, you unzombie them? Like, there's, like, a fat zombie that he throws a pizza at or something, and then he turns into a sumo wrestler and stuff. And, yeah. and at one point you just, have to it, dance with the zombies. It's, yeah. it's very weird. <laughs> it's, like, very strange. But uh, it seems like a, like a fun a, a game that would definitely be a fun experience, you know? Um, especially in VR. Uh, and then we got uh, a VR version of the auditory-based horror game Stifled, which is available now. Um, it's a game where you, like, you use sound to see like what's around you, because I think your character's blind. and um, But you can't make too much noise because it'll attract monsters that are going to kill you. So it, it's a very like novel idea, and I feel like very much at home in VR. So seems like a, a pretty cool one. Um, then we got League of War VR Arena, which is a tactical-based uh, game in VR. Definitely seems like a game Thompson would like. Nope. Um, <laughs> nope. Um, <laughs> Squash that one. <laughs> yeah, right. That's fair enough. So then I'm not... Fuck your fishing game, Final nope, Fantasy. you're playing it. I'm we're, not... We're doing a let's no, play. You can't make me care about your stupid fishing game. You made me game. play I'm that not... stupid game with you, and now not that other game that I'm not going to mention yet, and then, you know... Yo, fuck you! You're gonna call ARMS a stupid game and compare <laughs> Fuck yourself! Go to hell, Now we're Thompson. playing Final Fantasy XV Fishing, Pete. This is I what mean, happens. I'd, I'd, I'd watch a Let's Play on that. See? Tyler. We have an audience. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> we're doing it. It's, what? It's, I'm being serious. It's so stupid, it looks good. Who is this made for? I, I don't... I don't get it. <laughs> Fisher Weebs? I don't know. Do they <laughs> yeah, exist? I guess, right? I, I, like, fishing? Who's fishing? I would have rather had a cooking simulator game come out of that as like a side note versus the right, fishing like game. An Ignis side game where he runs a kitchen. Where he runs like a restaurant, yeah, or something. Fried, and you fried make orders. 
Yeah, please. Oh, that would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> is See, is I, fishing I, I a thing in, in Final Fantasy? Like, I, yes. In Final Fantasy 15, yeah, the main <clears throat> character can uh, he fishes. Oh, so they're like, oh, here's a VR game that's just about him fishing. Oh, oh. even better, a Final Fantasy catfishing game. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> that I would play. That, that I would could play. be fun. What are the What are the mechanics? Uh, I don't know. They just grab a phone and they just catfish people and ruin people's lives. I don't know. It's like it's like a dating sim. Exactly. Yeah. But you lie. But the objective is to lie. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I'm a big it's idea. Like, I'm an it's like guy. Leisure Suit Larry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we got speaking of yeah, Final Fantasy 15 and Ignis. Um, episode Ignis, which is the Ignis DLC, has gotten a trailer. Um, looks like we're filling in some story gaps. But you know, I wish I still cared enough to go back and play these, but I don't. You know, it's like I'm done with Final Fantasy 15. I liked it, but. It wasn't so incredible that I feel like I need all these questions answered and like especially not for like random VR experiences. So I don't know about this one, but it's December 13th. If you're still engaged with that story and you want to check out Ignis's backstory, go for it. December eh. 13th. Yeah, sorry. Eh. It's it's a year uh, late, you know, at this point. Yeah, I, I, I can't can't be bothered. Um, and then there's Invector, which is a rhythm music game where you fly, like, a spaceship. Um, this looks really pretty, and I think if you like this sort of thing, it looks pretty cool. Like, I'm not really super into rhythm games, but, like, if you're into, like, Amplitude or Guitar Hero or any of that stuff, like, this looks pretty hot. So, might be worth checking out. Um, and then there was this, this one uh, I was definitely into. So this game was called Ur, O-U-R-E, Our? I, I was, I I was waiting to see how you'd pronounce that. I was curious. Right? Like, what, 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 what did you think? Ur? Our? 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 Like, I don't know. I feel like you could play on, play on the title there. I don't know. Yeah. Ouri. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, um... Much like that other pretty little indie game, I'm sure, you know, you guys are not surprised I'm interested in this one. Uh, you play a girl who can turn into a dragon, and it very it looks like it has very, like, Journey, Abzu kind of mm-hmm. vibes. There's, like, puzzles where you go and find these, like, titans and fix them and, like, return the world to its natural order. So, seems like a cool little, like, you know, laid-back story game. Definitely seems like my kind of vibe. Uh, it's available right now, so I don't know when I'll get around to this one, but I'd like to. Um, then we got the announcement of Spelunky 2, which was kind of a surprise. Like, the original Spelunky is so long ago at this point that for it to come out of nowhere, like, here was definitely a little surprising for me. I have questions about this, actually, because I never played Spelunky. Do they just kill him off in the trailer? Like, I think so. Like, that's very much the impression I got. Like, I, uh... I, I never played Spelunky either, but I know he doesn't die in the first one. Yeah. And, like, the trailer was very much just, like, Spelunky had a daughter, and then he died. And now you're playing as her. And it's it like, was like, Whoa. hey, remember that movie Up? Yeah. Watch what we're going to do. <laughs> very much. <laughs> it, like, so. it, it intrigued me just on the, the ballsiness of telling, like, a full story like that. in it's a trailer with just snapshots. Yeah. I was like, okay, all right. Yeah, man, uh, I, in my notes, I wrote in all caps, his daughter is taking over because Splunky <laughs> died. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know. I think I think I might check this one out. Like, Splunky was kind of uh, one of those really early indie games that was not, like, before indie games were really on my radar. So, definitely always been a gap for me. I definitely could see myself giving this a shot and um, seeing if I can get into it. But it's coming to PS4. We don't know when, but uh, it's coming. So, keep your eyes peeled. All right, so we're finally 
getting into the uh, the actual main show because that was all pre-show. Jesus wow. Christ. I know, right? It's like, what the fuck, Sony? Um, <laughs> so a, a lot of this stuff is like, you know, like I said, a lot of it's kind of just like rolling back on shit we've already seen. Um, I would say the biggest announcement was uh, this game, Ghost of Tsushima, which is a samurai game set in feudal Japan. We see some shoguns, a lot of talk about war and honor. Looks sick and fresh. Like, you know, and, and it's uh, it's made by Sucker Punch. So for those of you who aren't as, like, intimately familiar with the Sony first parties, Sucker Punch is the team behind Infamous. They made Sly Cooper. Um, so this this is great fucking pedigree here. And, like, they've been teasing it for a while that it's coming, we're going to talk about it eventually, but we knew nothing about it until right now. So to see them do something that's so outside of what they're known for in terms of, like, aesthetic and tone is really exciting for me. And just seeing them make another game uh, is definitely something to be excited for, in my mind. What did you guys think of this? I thought this looked gorgeous. Just like, like those cutscenes, right? Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Um, we, there wasn't any gameplay in this, right? From, from what I remember. Not, not that it looked like. Like, yeah. there's some things that could, I guess, maybe be, like, in-game, in-engine things, but it yeah. seemed like it was all, you know, um, cutscene stuff. No, e- either way, it just looked gorgeous. I mean, yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about, like, like the samurai, feel Japan, th- like, setting. Um, but I'm, I'm interested, especially since I wasn't too familiar with, with Sucker Punch as, as, you know, a developer until you just mentioned what they did. Right. <laughs> Where it was just like, oh, okay, oh, yeah, all right. Like, okay, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I, uh, what, what about you guys? I th- I thought it looked awesome. Uh, I loved Infamous. Infamous was one of my one of the best gaming experiences that I had on the PS3. Uh, so I'm always looking for anything that these guys are putting out, and this looked really good. You know, uh, very That's different, cool, very fresh, like you said. Um, again, no gameplay, but you can uh, you can imagine what this game is going to be based on sort of how they, they frame the story and things like that. Like you get a vibe yeah. of what this is. And I'm, and like, I'm if you know, it. sucker punch, right. You know, like, Oh, okay. It's probably a high octane third person action game. Yeah. Sounds great. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm all about that. Yeah. I'm surprised that you're that into it. Cause I know you're, you're like not usually like into period pieces. So I'm glad to hear that you're, that you're excited for this one. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, again, it's from a developer that I like, uh, right. They tell the infamous storyline was really great. I thought I really enjoyed it. If they're gonna bring that stuff over to this, then sure. So Sean, you're you're pro samurai, but you're anti pirate. <laughs> I don't know that I'm pro samurai necessarily. I'm pro ghosts. <laughs> like I like that that it's like you're a ghost or whatever. Pro, pro ghosts. Okay. You know. Right. Um, I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah. Little thing in the corner, Townsend will remember that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what do you think, Townsend? Uh, I fucking love Sucker Punch, and I love, you know, any historical anything, pretty much. So I'm right up there with Feudal Japan. Um, I don't know what if it's based in reality. Like maybe they're gonna set in a time period during like a certain clan or something, or they're just gonna like take like generic, you know, side area of Japan where this is happening. You know. Um, I'm curious for anything at this point, you know, gameplay, story, whatever. But I love Sucker Punch, so this is this is probably gonna be one of those games that like I'm gonna I'm actually gonna buy, you know, like which is it's like two or three a year. <laughs> so 
um just because the infamous titles alone were i I purchased all of them you know so it's like i gotta keep up the trend you know support the developers i like yeah man i mean for me like when i think of who are like the cream of the crop from sony's like teams like sucker punch is always like you know like naughty dog's obviously number one and like after horizon i feel like feel like gorilla's my personal number two but i feel like sucker punch is is like you know arguably their number two um in terms of just like biggest hits and like just sharpest games in terms of like from a ground up technical presentational level like what they do is just quality as fuck so i'm sure this is going to be really cool um, definitely not, like very high on my two playlist as soon as we get any any indication of when the hell it's coming out. <laughs> um, but then we got uh, the announcement of a game called Concrete Genie, which uh, had an indie art style. Like um, there's like this magic art brush mechanic, like where this kid is basically making living pieces of art, and you can like choose from making like different creatures or like fauna, and there are these like bullies that look like they're like a gang that pick on him and and they mess up his art and like all the monsters have different elemental powers that you can use for like puzzles like you know if you need to like burn something to get through a wall like you can use the the fire guy or you know what that kind of thing um monsters are like super cute and friendly and like i love this like must play this looks fucking adorable I'm, i'm so about this I mean, it shows where my, my mental state is when I'm like, when, when is he going to make the monsters kill those bullies? Like, in my head, I'm like, where is it? Where is it? Yeah. Oh, it didn't happen? Oh, man. I was waiting for the dark turn when they all came right? together yeah. and, like, turned yeah. into, like, a, a shadow beast or something and dragged into the shadow realm again. I don't, you know, <laughs> the, the game looks really, really good. And, like, it's one of those games, like, this, you know, th- these kind of games really aren't my thing. Like, I never really get them. I usually watch somebody else play them. Even, like, you know, a Let's Play is fine for me, usually. This one really piqued my interest. I don't know what it is. Like, I'm not even artsy, you know. Like, Pete, like, what, what, what the fuck do I do? Seriously, <laughs> do I do I draw even like straight lines? No, I and mean, I can't even do like a circle. Like, <laughs> but this game is just, like really, really cool. I don't know what it is. Just really fucking cool, man. Um, Some about it. Yeah, it had it had some kind of like something to it that drew my attention. So I got my eye on this one, and that's a rarity for this this kind of game, you know. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we also got uh, a look at another game, new game from Studio London called Erica. It's a new PlayLink game, which is like the series of Sony stuff where they've been like they're multiplayer games where everybody like logs in with their phone. Oh yeah, and then you can like vote on what happens and like sometimes oh, okay. it's party games. For a story game like this, it's like everybody votes and then whatever is the you know the thing that wins the vote is how the story progresses. Um, so it's like a live action mystery game uh, where you guide the story and like this looks really intriguing to me um, that that as a concept I think is really interesting I like the idea of like a multiplayer game where everybody is like kind of pushing their own agenda for what they want to happen and like it, it seems like a fun evolution of the like uh, Telltale Live thing that they put in some of the more modern Telltale games where you can like Twitch stream it and have the audience like pick things with you and shit like it seems like a fun thing to do when you're like having like a low key gathering with a couple friends, you know, like everybody like, oh, let's get together and turn the lights off and play through this mystery game together. You know, like that seems like a fun thing to do. Yeah, I thought this looked fascinating. Like, like the whole time, like, it's just like a choose your own adventure movie game in a way. Yeah, it Which, seems like it. Yeah, but like now that I know it's actually multiplayer choosing, it's even it's like blowing my mind. That's like, that's weird. It's so cool. Yeah. Very different. Yeah. Um, it's definitely a game I want to do on Pals Play, like for sure. This was one of 
maybe three games that I was really, really uh, intrigued by coming out of this. Uh, I just, I like, I really like games like this. Uh, it gives me vibes of like, uh, kind of like to an extent heavy rain, like those kind of games yeah. where, you mm. know, and I, and I really like that. And I think that's a very interesting place for gaming to be going. And we're going to talk about my game of the show a little bit later, which is very much in this vein. Um, this one looks like it could be something that I would pick up. Um, I just love how basic the choices are. Like at some point, you, like she's she runs into a guy, and your choices are slash or trust. Well, it's always gonna be slash. Always slash. <laughs> Stab that motherfucker. In real life, how many times do you come across a scenario where you're either gonna slash someone? And kill them, or just trust them outright. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. <laughs> oh man, yeah, this looks really cool, man. There, um, there exists some a game on Steam somewhere that's very similar to this that came out a few, you know, maybe actually maybe at this point like January or something this year. But it was like a phone based game where it was kind of like a D and D adventure with four players, and this feels kind of like that because it was like a dungeon crawler thing before with a, you you had to like. Well, only one player won, so this is neat how the story is kind of controlled by everybody. I feel like they're perfecting this kind of phone-based game thing, because I've seen a lot of Steam games like this before. This one yeah. looks like the only one that I'd really, like, be into, you know? Yeah, it's funny because I know, um, you know, uh, Thompson and I just recently played Until Dawn over on Pals Play, and um, the the team behind that game, Supermassive, they just put out a new game called Hidden Agenda. That's oh, the yeah. same kind of th- It's the same kind of thing. It's a play link game yeah, and yeah, everybody yeah. has to basically everybody has a hidden agenda for like what's supposed to happen. Like you have an agenda to make a thing happen in the story and that's how you win. But it's like a multiplayer story game where you're all working against each other. It's very interesting. Um, so I, yeah, I think this is a really fun direction for games to be going and uh, definitely a really interesting way to evolve like what couch play can mean, you know, for yeah. sure. And revive it because it seems like, it, <laughs> you know. It's coming back a little bit more. Yeah, and it's cool because this is the kind of stuff you can play with people that aren't gamers. Like right. if you have yeah. like just a couple friends over, like I said, for like drinks or dinner or whatever, like you could all just log in on your phone and like you're just picking choices. You know, like that's a fun thing to do that's like low stakes, low pressure. Yeah, between this and the Switch, man, Couch Play's coming back. It's good shit. Good year, 2017. Um, then we got Blood and Truth, which is another VR game coming from Sony London. Uh, it's about a sh- soldier who has his family taken from him very much seems like like a James Bond taken like Sam Fisher kind of vibe and uh I can see it being fun you know like shooting galleries are one of the things that work real well in VR so I can see that being uh being a quality experience um so then we moved on to some third party games that all have special benefits on PS4 uh we got a new trailer for Far Cry 5 um which shows that there's like expanded co-op options in in uh the PS4 version where you can like play I guess every single mission together in co-op which um, got me really excited to do a Pals Play series on that shit. Oh, yeah. That shit looks I, fucking uh, great. The hype is too real for this game, man. I fucking love Far I've Cry. I've never played Far Cry, but I'm so down for this what? game. I know. Oh, I know. Yeah, I can't wait. Like, you should. Yeah, they're great. Like, they're like Far Cry 3 is one of my favorite games of all time. You can go back and play any of them, but I'd highly suggest Blood Dragon because it's short and sweet, and it's probably the cheapest. Okay. It's good, but yeah. it's so it's so different from all the other ones. Like I would definitely say, get Far Cry Three and then play Blood Dragon. If like, I just want to attach back. rockets to a cow. Well, well, this is the game to do it. Yeah. Here you go. Right. You can do it. That's <laughs> like, like, dude. I, I don't know. Like Far Cry is like 
these games are such a phenomenal experience and like if you haven't played one like jump on it five i'm sure it'll be good yeah it's and a like yeah. you don't have to play any of them beforehand at all so uh sean i know we've talked a lot about this too and i know every time it comes up you've said that like the hype that we have for it has kind of piqued your interest in it about it a little bit what do you think about this i know you're big into uh having the ability to play things like co-op and multiplayer and stuff like that yeah i don't know i'm i'm big into having the ability to play things in co-op when like if there is a single player experience and it's a it's a story driven game i don't always really like want to play that way i think about Mm. a game like um like for example the um the marvel games of the 2000s like um avengers alliance and uh sure like or rather ultimate alliance x-men legends those are games that are completely built around you having a a group of friends to the point where if your friends are not present then there will be npcs that are playing on your team uh that's the kind of thing that i'm talking about this is like you know i don't know just i i I don't know not for me um i I would need to this is the kind of game where i'm gonna need to hear about reviews before i kind of invest because i've never played a far cry game before you guys seem to like it but the co-op doesn't it doesn't bring me to the table trust me the okay. reviews will be good but um i can yeah, understand yeah. why you're on the fence with it um co-op isn't like necessarily a part of what makes these games great but right. i think for fans of the series like me and pete it's just a nice little thing because now like we have been fans for years we've played all of them and i think i think pete's even played you know like two and stuff also but um it's it's just one of those things that's like yeah we can do this on pals play now like you know, yeah fans can link up it's like you know having pokemon red and blue and you were specifically you know like oh we played them but we didn't have a link cable you know it's like now you do um nice little i've always wanted to play these games in co-op yeah too. i've always thought that the idea of like going and tackling all the like side stuff of just like let's go take out all the encampments and you know like Oh yeah, there's a lot of great missions that are just like go ice a bunch of motherfuckers, and it's like that's awesome to do in multiplayer. Wait, this game yeah. never been co-op before? No, no. Oh, yeah, wow. this is the first time. Yeah, Far Cry's have always been uh, open world single player experience, which and they always yep. look like they would lend themselves to to like a co-op yeah, so well. Yeah, so. exactly. Especially yeah, four so now that we're finally getting yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, I'm very excited about this. Four looked um, like it was like prototyped to be co-op almost. The way it was designed, it had so much things that had like cars and stuff with like just two seats and you know just like things like you're like oh we can you know we could have a friend here it's like npcs are involved sure but like that game looked like you easily would have been great for co-op this one's this one's just gonna be amazing like 10 out of 10 yeah, right I, here. I this is honestly like save for maybe red dead redemption 2 this is the the game i'm most excited for next year wow i i am so all about far cry it's it's in my top three for sure um, so then we also got uh, news about the first expansion for Destiny 2, Mark of the Osiris, coming this December. Uh, so, Tyler, I know you're a Destiny 2 guy. What do you, what do you think about this? Yeah, um, I think that the, the known issue with Destiny 2 right now is that you once you reach max max light level, like the game kind of ends, you know? Yeah. There, there, there's not much to do after that. And that's what I did. I hit it, I hit it quick. I hit like that 305 because I, I played and raided every night for like right. for like the first three or four weeks when, when the when the raid was out uh, and I beat it and it, it was great well it was like the game itself is great but there needs to be more of an end game so I'm definitely going back in once the expansion comes out though cool great um it's coming this December so not that far yeah. uh yeah yeah not that not that long out um which is great because I feel like that's perfect right like 
this is just about the time they need one. Yeah. You know? Like, all of the big games from the fall will have already come out, and then it'll be like, all right, you ready to jump back into Destiny? And hopefully this one, hopefully this one has a lot less uh, bugs, so. Yeah, knock on wood. Oh, boy. Um, so we got a new trailer for Monster World, uh, Monster World, Monster Hunter World, which, um, I mean, it looks great, but it seems like more, more, just more Monster Hunter, you know, like if, if you like these kind of games, I'm sure you'll like it. If not, don't expect this one to grab you. Um, the one thing that got me with this is that they announced that Aloy is going to be a PS4 exclusive character. And I am all about that. Like I fucking love Horizon Zero Dawn. Pete, I love we, Aloy. We need to stop talking know. about Horizon because I just want to play it right now. All right, <laughs> come on. Like, yeah, I know the fact that like you've been playing it and I specifically didn't give you an opportunity to talk about it in the beginning of the show is killing me this week. So we're gonna save this for next week. <laughs> it's it's just let's just move on. All right, please. <laughs> all right, good. Um, so we got a new trailer for Call of Duty World War Two. Again, the same kind of thing, right? Looks good, but again, it's more Call of Duty World and it's more World War Two. If you you know if you want this already. November third, um, and the Resistance DLC comes to PS4 first this January. So you can check that out. Um, we gotta look at this generic ass racing game called Onrush. I didn't even I didn't even pay attention to what the PS4 exclusive content was. I have no fucking interest in this kind of game, I'm sorry. Um I just like just made my eyes glaze over. Uh, and then we got a new Battlefront 2 trailer. Looks good. Um, you know, we talked about that enough already. So, let's move into the first party stuff before we move on to Blizzard. Mm -hmm. Um, so we got, let's, you know what we're kicking it off with. You know it. Spider-Man! That shit looks so hype! Oh, God, like, I'm, I'm, I'm dripping with anticipation, guys. It's, oh, with anticipation? <laughs> can't, I can't, I can't wait. Yeah. Uh, I, Spider-Man 2 is one of my favorite games maybe ever like I just had so much fun with that game and so being able to jump back into Spider-Man as like an actual full-fledged video game uh, I'm so excited for this especially like with the pedigree behind uh, I know, it man I know. like Insomniac like for, fucking forget about it's it it's literally like if you can if you had like a, like a, like a wish for who can do Spider-Man yep this is like this is what I would pick yeah Dude, literally the only other developer I would even consider is Sucker Punch. And yeah, so like, <laughs> they're a little busy, a little busy. Uh, like, I'm, I'm all about this. This, this was incredible. This was, one again, one of the three games that I came out of uh, this this uh, event really excited about. Um, I, I love it, man. It, it looks phenomenal. If, I guess if, because we already talked about it from E3, so if I'm going to address it from another perspective other than it's just it's great um there has been a lot of criticism about two things one no release date and two the lack of like re a real focus on showing us gameplay and i think those are both very valid um yeah i don't understand how you know this game was announced quite a while ago already and this is like the third time we've seen it i think um yeah 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 no you're right yeah. this is the third showing of it this is the third time we've seen it and we still don't have uh, a, a release date or or gameplay and that's a little crazy we also don't have we don't know much about sort of where the game is going story story wise we know the villain mr negative we get that right. but they also tease kingpin uh they tease norman osborne so like is norman's being the mayor a thing that's like just there or is that a, f a factor in the story i i just need more information at this point 
Yeah, I will to argue that, or not to argue that, to counter that, I'm kind of glad we don't know all those things because I would rather find them out in the game. Um, I think at this point they need to just stop showing it. Well, that's the problem, right? Is You can't. <laughs> well, no, the, like, the problem is the more you show it, the more that people have a need to get more information. It's, yeah. I don't care about seeing, you know, I, I don't care about seeing it over and over again if they're not going to show me more. They show me yeah. more, which is great, but there is a point where it's too much and without more details. So, Agreed. Yeah, I think uh, to the point that you made, right, like the the one – my one takeaway from this is like, oh my god, it was so great. I'm so excited. But 2018, no window, no nothing. So like I don't even know if this is coming out next year. You know, like, I feel like, if anything, it, it probably will get pushed to 2019, you know? Like, so, Which would be know. crazy, because they announced this, correct me if I'm wrong, but this was announced uh, at last year's E3, right? Yeah, which isn't crazy, though. I mean, like, that's not an insane amount of time to work on the game if when they did show it, it was as early in development as we thought. Which, like, when they announced it and they were like, Spider-Man PS4, I'm just like, ooh, this isn't even, no name? But they showed like, it, even... though, right? Yeah, they showed it. They did. And they showed they showed like that one original segment that we saw. Right. And like it looked great, but it was one of the things of like this feels like very this is a slice. This is a vertical slice that looks good. The time like now that we this trailer actually seemed like a full-fledged like, oh, there's like there's a lot done here. Right. And so it's for me along. for me it's like how do you why announce the game last year if there's even a chance that it doesn't come out in 2018 and you can't even tell me when about you think we're going to see this game I, i'm a kingdom hearts fan so i'm okay with this <laughs> yeah i was gonna like, say i i uh I've, there's a lot of games I've, I've gotten used to, to stuff about. like this <laughs> yeah right i've been waiting a long time <laughs> um i gotta say man like spider-man games have always been oddly fun in my life i don't know like much about the spider-man comics or really anything about you know what from what more than what you've told me um you know like the most i know of spider-man is like he was in the movie you know it's like okay <laughs> it's like that that's where i get my spider-man information from so seeing this trailer um and not seeing any gameplay and not having a release date i didn't really know what the fuck was going on in this trailer like i didn't get a lot of the references to things um but, I mean, it does look great. It's just, like, I really want to know what you're going to do in this game. Like, how it's going to control, you know? Like, obviously, these these segments look beautiful. But, like, they haven't showed the gameplay control of it, you know? And I'm interested to see, like, the improvements from, like, swinging in the town. Just, like, normal shit like that. Like, um, yeah. you know what I mean? I feel like it's very, very much like they, they keep stylizing these, these to, like, keep us hype. And, like, there is not even... Uh, you know a mention of release date unless they're gonna like drop it like fallout 4 you know like hey it's coming out in two months you know i don't think they're gonna do that um i i feel like there's a chance that the reason we didn't get a release date is because they they might save it for psx like that's still coming up you know that's only that's like another yeah i mean um, here's hoping no, that they, they do it in this it's in december so it's like that's not even that's like weeks away are you kidding yeah, me? like i could see them having another showing with spider-man and have a release date ready for Wait, there's another crisis. playstation 
event in December? See. That's ridiculous. Let me see. I got I got to look up what it <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, see like if that's true that's ridiculous, but also like I could see them, you know, dropping a release date then at the very like, I, I hope I kn- I know that these two events are always really close together and yeah, that's so- always a thing to consider when you go to Paris Games Week is just like, "Oh, what are they going to actually have because like they might have to save stuff for PSX." You kidding me? So what the Sony has well, a lot of events. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, PlayStation Experience is, like, their event. Like, that's the one for the hardest yeah. of the hardcore, you know? That's where they're, um, they'll someday announce, in my wildest dreams, a new Crash Team Racing. That's what you're looking forward day. to. Huh. Hey, yeah, I, no, so I, I was right. I was right. It's Saturday, it's Saturday, December 9th, and Sunday, oh, wow. December 10th. Jesus. So, yeah, it's right around the corner. So, I, I would say it's not impossible to consider that they would have a Spider-Man date. Then. That's cool. Yeah, I'll hope for that. You know, that'll be my next... Uh, I'll give him a month. We'll see what's up. Yeah, we've drawn a line in the sand. Was um was Miles in this game previously announced? Or was that... That was Revelation this, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I don't, I don't yeah. even think we'd seen Mary Jane until That's now. true, yeah. Uh, I feel like... I, oh no! Yeah, I did knew... confirm Miles at E3. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. It was like a mention though, right? Like it's not the first time... This is the first time we're seeing him. If, yeah, if I'm right. okay. I think you're right. I gotcha. Um, but yeah, so I mean, we're all obviously excited for this game. Um, just give us some more fucking information, Insomniac. <laughs> uh, speaking of games, I'd like to hear about when the fuck they're coming out is uh, Detroit Beyond Human, which is a game I am real excited for. And Wasn't they it become stop... human? Become human, yeah. Oh, become human, right? What's Beyond Human? That's another game. Uh, it is another game, yeah. 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 Either way, Detroit Become Human. Um. So we got a new trailer. It shows a robot named Kara who, like, ha- clearly had a relationship with this young girl. She had her memory reset, so, like, she doesn't remember her. And, like, there's, like, obviously this weird, like, friction there. Um, she has this, like, scary, b- abusive dad that we see kill this little girl. And then we kind of, in similar Detroit fashion, get rewound and see all the different ways it could have played out differently. Um, I mean, this game looks incredible. Like, I'm very excited for this. I love branching path story games like this. So the whole appeal of, of this and is on its face exciting for me. But I think the narrative is also something I'm really interested in. You know, the idea of AI and it, you know, being um, having a human element to it and, and wanting to, like, be independent because it has sentience and stuff like that. Like, there, there's definitely a lot there for a meaty narrative. Um, so I'm, I'm super excited for this, but the fact that it's again, spring 2018 instead of a, it comes out on this day is concerning to me. This was the third game that really grabbed me at this event. Um, I thought so. Yeah, this, this is, this is awesome. Uh, first of all, it's dealing with a very mature narrative, at least based on what we see in this trailer. And I like that because in the previous one too, with the guy being, you know. Oh yeah, where there was like the robots and like the whole like uprising thing, where like they free all the robots from the store and they're just like, we're not gonna be slaves anymore. What are you? Yeah, t- it, what's that? That was the one from um from E three last yeah, year. It's, you a, it's that? really a trailer, actually. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I watched it for. Yeah, our there special. was a there was a previous trailer and it was very very mature uh, subject matter. In fact, like, I remember you watching and being like, I'm really excited for this. <laughs> this well, there you cool. go. <laughs> There you go. Uh, but no, this is this is incredible. Uh, I can't wait for this game. I I really think that out of all the games that they showed here, uh, that I I mean I obviously I guess I've seen it before, but I don't recall <laughs> that. Of all the games that they showed here, this is the one that really grabbed me. 
uh, that went from being a game that was not on my radar to probably a day one purchase. So nice. Yeah, this is my number one as well. Like this, this thing, every subject matter about this, everything Pete mentioned, and many more uh, about this game it touches a note for me. I love just about every concept of this game, let alone the fact that it's a game like in the same vein as like heavy rain or maybe yeah right like you're um, a big chronic like, dream david yeah, cage like, fans david so. cage games i know like the joke but whatever i like them so um you know this this just looks like the magnum opus of everything i've liked about these series and it's like you know what couldn't be a better time to have it right um oh my god this game's been, been cooking for forever too yeah i'm like i'm so ready for this it's but been, we, we we got this game teased us like four years ago yeah but i mean <laughs> the last game i had like this was what heavy rain i think was the last one and that was a ps3 game right so it's like yeah beyond two souls but we all know how that one went (laughs) i didn't play that so i can't judge that one yet um it's just been it's been a long time since i've had a game like this and i'm dying for it like i'm salivating for this game um yeah they they won purchase man like like unless i hear preliminary like oh like two out of tens i don't know how that's gonna happen but this is this is like right up there man nothing's better than this yeah, I think of the games that are like on the horizon, um, no pun intended, <laughs> this is the one I'm most excited for because it feels the most imminent. Yeah. And um it and it looks it looks really sharp. So um we also got worried about the new god of war. Uh we saw some stuff about Kratos and his son on a mission. Um I think this is like the first time we saw gameplay that really showed what his son's role is going to be in the game where he's actively fighting alongside you and assisting you with like warnings and pointing out things in the field it reminded me a lot of like how elizabeth worked in bioshock mm-hmm. infinite yeah. and similar companions like that so yeah um i'm always a fan of that kind of system and i think the relationship between kratos and this uh, son adopted son whatever it is um is the primary draw for this for me is the the idea of tearing down what Kratos has been an icon of and like actually trying to give him some humanity and and make him a more engaging character is like the reason I'm willing to show up for this because God of War games have always played really well but I've always thought that they were just so like juvenile and hyper masculine I just couldn't ever get into them you know so I'm interested in this one this is this is a game that it's it's weird because it feels like a sleeper and a God yeah. of War game feeling like that kind of in my mind flying under the radar just showing stuff not really trying to make a big sink about it uh, is really interesting for a game with a following like this. I'm wondering if the people who have been fans of the game historically are going to show up for this one because it seems like it's a, a like very sort of different. Yeah. experience than the prior games and in every way not just from a gameplay standpoint but from a storyline standpoint i mean sure in prior god of war games couldn't you literally have sex like this is yeah. nothing yeah. like that you could and it's wait right. liter- literally yes. yeah in oh, god wow. of war 2 i think it is it was two a in mini the beginning game. yeah oh, every game, right? adjusting game okay <laughs> <laughs> so yeah sean to answer your question as fan of the, as a fan of the series like i have played every god of war game except for like if there was any like spinoff handheld ports i don't remember there was like a vita game or some shit but yeah i think there was some on the psp i'm 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 like uh the same thing that happened to me with like assassin's creed you can only do the same thing so many times like i'm welcoming the change the of pace you know the uh um the the norse setting is is beautiful for me you know i love uh 
the aesthetic of like the mountains and everything snowy so far. Like I like the change of gods. Um, I like that Kratos is being like humanized a little bit more. Reminds me kind of like the journey you have in like say like The Last of Us with like Ellie being there with you. I know you guys haven't played it, but it does remind me of that. So like that's really yeah. cool. Um, I get like a, a lot of vibes on this that it really just it seems like they're going in the right direction for a God of War title and. I wouldn't want to have like, oh, he's back and, you know, going to fight the same gods again, whatever. Like they, they involved a lot of really crazy shit in the third one, which is fine. But this one seems like a, a pullback to more like, you know, here's a specific pantheon. Here's exactly what's happening with his life. It's less about like the greater scheme and more about this, this kid for once, which is kind of weird, yeah. but I really appreciate it, it feels, that. It just feels smaller. It feels like yeah. a much smaller, more, more, more personal focused, story. Yeah, I think more yeah, focused. Yeah. Less, yeah, going around, smash everything. Like you know, like that was fun, and they had puzzles that were fun, and the story was cool. But this seems more, like uh, you know, story driven, which really like, is neat. To respond to Sean's point, I honestly think this is going to resonate with God of War fans to some degree yeah. because I think a lot of people probably feel the way that Thompson did. Because when I think you think about it, I feel like those early games they really appealed to like fucking immature teenage boys, and I think a lot of those immature teenage boys have grown up to be like men, and some of them are fathers you know and some of them are probably looking for something that is a little more their speed not something that makes them feel like they're 13 you know and i i don't know i i honestly feel like this is going to bring in new people and speak to a lot of the old ones as well Damn, i like some, you some sound, people are going to be turned off but you sound really negative about the whole thing the way you... <laughs> i am like i think the aesthetic of, of god of war has always sucked i'm actually completely with you right now <laughs> yeah this is probably gonna be the first one that i buy honestly and like i i'm i'm into it yeah. like i i could really see myself getting into this so well, yeah, i like being like, edgy so i like things like god of war so <laughs> it's what like at darksiders games you know like hey i like them i don't i oh, know yeah. no one played them or cares but i like them it's because you play the fucking grim reaper pretty much that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> i don't so they uh they said it's coming out in early 2018 the popular theory is that it's coming out in march because that's when every god of war game has ever come out but early so, 2018 is like two months from now starting like why can't yeah <sighs> so i don't know Can. this could be another one where maybe they have more planned for psx and maybe that's where mm -hmm. we actually get the release date but we'll see so um so then horizon dlc looked hype but we already uh, knew that jesus yeah. So shit is right around the corner. Talk about Horizon again. Let's move. <laughs> yeah. We like there's there's really no there's nothing to say here. They just showed us more of it and like Horizon's one of the best games of this year. Uh I for my money, I think it's still probably my game of the year. I can't the jury's still out on that, but uh I fucking love Horizon. Pick it up. They have a complete edition out that you can get for like forty or fifty bucks now that has the original game and all this DLC. So like if my recommendation means anything to you, please do yourself a favor. Go play Horizon. Um. So then, what the fuck is this? Shadow of the Colossus. Oh, okay. Yeah. Shadow of the Colossus. There we go. Um. So then we got a new trailer for Shadow of the Colossus. Um, looks incredible on a graphical level when you think about where this game's come from on the PS2. Like it's looking great. Um, I hope the controls feel as good as it looks. Because this is a game that's always been a big gap for me, and I'd love to be able to go back and play it with modern controls and, like, understand why this is such a legendary game, why it resonates with so many people. Yeah. I've never played this I shit, so I'm right there with you, man. just never get past those controls, man. It's not even um, that, dude. It's like, you know, the hassle to go back and play a PS2 title it, that right, too. right now, it, not happening, you know? Like, yeah. it's just not worth it. Like, I'd rather just play this. You know, this looks great. I never got a chance to jump on it back in the day. It's like, 
one of the only PS2 things that I really missed. Um, never been a better time to be alive, I guess, for a gamer. You know, we're getting like one after another this year. Oh my god, yeah. I mean, well, and this is all this is all next year's stuff now too. Yeah. So that's the thing. It's like rolling into the next year. Keeping like the fucking year, the hype train rolling. It's bursting at the seams, rolling into the next year, man. So they didn't give us a date on this one, but I found on Twitter that uh, Wario sixty four, who is uh, a source we're constantly citing on this show, um, he uh, said it's February sixth. So February sixth looks like the the date to beat. So um, definitely one on my radar. So then they closed it out with the quote first in depth look at a long awaited game. It was The Last of Us two. So we got this super intense fucking scene of this woman like being hung and like she's about to get murdered by these like cultists and you know these other this other woman like murders the cultists with arrows from the woods and comes and saves her and her sister and like they you know are talking about like you know that there are like demons coming through the woods and everything so it seems like this is just the world of the last of us like kind of I don't know, advanced? It, it, like You're forgetting, like, the, the creepiest part for me was watching somebody get hammered in the arm? Oh, my God, yeah. Part of the course it, in this type of game, seriously. Yeah, she, she like, said, it's just um, like, oh, that's, oh, boy. <laughs> she, she said, like, break her wings, right? Yeah. Or something like Cl- that. Clip her wings, yeah. Clip her wings, right? And then she yeah. fucking break her arm with a hammer. Ugh, yeah, man. it was brutal. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I thought it was cool, like, you know, again, none of us have played Last of Us except Thompson, but I thought it was cool to get a trailer for this game that wasn't centered around Joel or Ellie. You know, like, getting to see more of the world of The Last of Us outside of the main characters is, that's neat. Well, the the one thing that's that's kind of cool, like, I didn't recognize these characters really, but um, there's, a, there's, like, a cinematic that I might have to go back and look at in the first game to see if any of them match up. Um, <laughs> you do have friends and stuff you know like that the game presents you like family members and things so it's like it's not just joel and ellie even though that really is 99 percent of it like what you sure. see but like storyline wise there are a ton of people involved so i don't know if like any of these cross over uh i'm just happy to see anything about this game you know like the hammer scene um kind of sets the tone for like the first series um things don't always go like you know, it's like, it's kind of like Game of Thrones, you've been watching, you know, something happens, and like, oh, the guy's dead. It's just like, well, that, you know, happened. Last of Us has right, a, t- well. <laughs> a tendency to be very real about it, you know, someone yeah. points a gun to someone's head, and they're just like, do you know, don't move or we'll shoot, and then, like, the guy moves, and they shoot, and it's like, oh, I mean, you know, okay, well, they said he would shoot, so and both, that's and both thing. disgusted and intrigued by this, so. <laughs> right. And, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm amazed. Seeing something like that just makes me remember, like, things like why I felt so involved in the first game, you know? Um it draws you in in a, in a special way. And like, I love um, the design of the, the monsters or demons as they call on this, um, which is it, it's, it's its own, it's own like universe that they set up. It's really cool, man. And this just looks great. You know, I'll take anything from this game. Yeah, man. Um, I figured you'd be excited about this one. Yeah, there's def- I am this, too, this isn't coming out for like forever. So I'm not even considering yeah. it on my list. 2020. Yet. <laughs> yeah. Like, so it's not even on my radar, like, you know, for like purchasing it's, it would be my number one, but please, come on. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, man, I, same here. Like, you know, I've talked about how I own a copy of Last of Us. I just bought the PS4 version of it. So I definitely oh, yeah, am looking yeah. for uh, any opportunity in 2018 to go back and play it. So Is it, is it like um, Sean, Sean's game where they're selling rappers? 
I actually own two copies of Last of Us <laughs> yeah. on PS3 Heats. and PS4, so I, this is one where monster. I am very much like Sean on this one. <laughs> don't, don't worry, Sean. I have Titanfall 2 that's unwrapped still. So, <laughs> oh, you bought that? Uh, it was like it was like a sale. It was like like forty bucks or something. I was like, yeah, I'll <laughs> play it. No, that happened to me with Shadow of Mordor. Yeah. I have that that I got for twenty bucks, and I have it in the wrapper. Yeah, I've never touched it. Yeah. Wait, oh, what did well. you get? Time Vault two? No, Shadow of War. No, 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 no. Tyler. Oh, you... Titanfall. Titanfall. Yeah. Oh, Titanfall. And yeah, yeah, Time Vault two. Yeah. There you go. Okay. You know TF two. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now uh, we're going to move over to all the great stuff that came out of BlizzCon. We got a ton of news that, uh, yeah, it's a lot. That's, <laughs> is, is, a lot of it's really, like, pretty significant. That's going to, like, measurably shake up some of what the developer has going on with their catalog. So I'm, like, a nerd who actually bought the virtual virtual ticket for this. Oh, nice. Oh, really? Yeah, so I watched a lot nice. of stuff, so... See, this is why we brought you on, Tyler. I'm, you got all the, you got that backstage pass. Plus, I wanted to have a cyber boar as a mountain heroes of the storm. So I was like, all right, I'll, <laughs> nice I'll, buy, I'll buy this virtual ticket. Oh, is that where that mount comes from? Yeah. Mm. yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. So uh, during their opening ceremony, the company announced Hearthstone, Cobalts, and Catacombs, which is going to be the card game's next expansion. Yeah. So on stage, uh, Ben Brode revealed, who's the uh, lead designer for the game, revealed that a few cards from the set, such as Marin the Fox, a new legendary that will be available uh, for free for anyone who wants to log in this week. So make sure you go get that if you're a Hearthstone player. Uh, Brody also, or is it Brode or Brody? Brode. 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 Broad also revealed a new keyword for the expansion, Recruit, which has uh, gives you the ability to pull a minion from your deck and put it directly into play, which sounds pretty dope. Um, each class is also going to get a brand new legendary weapon, and Cobalt uh, and Catacombs will also introduce a new single-player mode called Hearthstone uh, Dungeon Run. So basically, you're going to have to defeat eight random bosses um, where you'll like earn new cards for your deck as you progress. But if you lose, then uh, you throw out the deck and have to start over. So they said it was, like, kind of supposed to be their, like, play on, like, roguelikes. Um, and uh, they said that's going to be a completely free thing that comes with the expansion. So even if you don't pick up uh, Cobalts and Catacombs, you should be able to try out Dungeon Run. Um, so that's in, that sounds really neat. I'm into that as, like, a, a fun little single-player way to shake it up. Um, but Cobalts and Catacombs comes in December. So uh, what do you what do you Blizz boys think about this? I think the dungeon run thing is really cool because I'm pretty much a casual Hearthstone player. Like anytime yeah. I've actually tried getting into it, I realize I'm spending way too much money. I need to chill. So uh, <laughs> I just learned to stop myself and I just I leave Hearthstone. Um, but uh, just being able to just like build like a, a cool free single player mode because I'm not good at the game uh, sounds fun to me where you just build the deck there. You don't have to worry about what cards you already have. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like a great way to 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 bring in casual players and probably get me to spend money anyway. Probably exactly. Yeah. Uh, so I've I've taken Hearthstone fairly seriously uh, in the past. I I don't play right now. I'm lapsed, but as with most Blizzard games, you kind of fall away, you come back. I've I've jumped on and off the Hearthstone bandwagon many times, but anytime I do play, I take it super seriously. Uh, so. First of all, the fact that they're giving every class a legendary weapon is actually huge because certain classes having weapons and others not has always been a source of imbalance for the game. Um, oh, I didn't realize that was the yeah, thing. That's yeah. a huge deal. Huh, okay. Yeah, so this is actually going to <laughs> change the game big time. They actually showed off 
the priest legendary which looks really great so uh i'm excited to see how that impacts the meta for that um kobolds and catacombs this was something that people thought was going to be the announcement it got kind of spoiled early uh so it wasn't a big surprise that this was coming but the way that they showed off the cards was really cool um ben brode kind of led us through an adventure and people in the uh, in the arena actually got to choose it was like a choose your own adventure kind of deal and so he would present you with two potential scenarios with a screen showing you like if you go to the left there's a pool of you know green goo and you'll have to wade through the goo to get to the treasure but if you go to the right um there's like a fire chasm that you have to get through and so people in the arena got to choose and then based on where you went a legend or a card was revealed and that's how they did that. It's like a real life version of that Erica game we we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, so yeah, and then as far as the dungeon run, people have been asking for a free, uh, single player experience for a really long time because arenas are not free and they're not casual. Uh, you can you can play them casually, but you will lose money. Oh yeah. Um, yes. and then of course expansions and packs those cost money this being something free for anyone to do is a great way to expand the market for this game and as tyler said earlier get people to spend money because they fall in love with it anyway yep yeah because that's always been kind of like the barrier for me to playing is like it's free kind of yeah (laughs) you know like if if there's something like this that can get me into the mechanics of the game i'll be far more likely to throw down money and actually play it so that's great um so now uh over seven years after its launch starcraft 2 has announced that it's going to be going free to play um so this is like a little complicated i thought i don't i don't know if any of you guys understand starcraft better than me but um probably well, I'm sure you. I'm sure you understand okay. it better than me. I, I guess what I'm what I'm trying to say, right, is like we got comments from them about how you know they they were kind of doing this to streamline the experience and make it make a little bit more sense because like there was some confusion among like newer players who like about what you actually had to pl- pay for to get into StarCraft because of the way that the content was like broken up, um, but. So obviously they explained all this on stage, but they also have posted a a blog post on uh, battle.net. So I'm going to just read that to you guys real quick um, because it it goes through all the all the stuff that's changing. Hello and welcome from the Koprulu sector. We recognize that you might have found your way here after hearing the news that StarCraft 2 is going free to play very soon on on November 14th, to be exact. Curious to what that means? We know free to play can mean a lot of things for different games, but we're here to assure you when we mean that we say we're making StarCraft 2 free to play, we really mean it. Starting November 14th, you'll have free access to the original Wings of Liberty single player campaign and every co-op commander, and will be available to unlock access to StarCraft 2's competitive multiplayer content for free. Here is a specific rundown of everything that will be available to you for free. So like they said, the original Wings of Liberty campaign. Experience the original epic campaign that kicked off StarCraft II Saga. If you picked up Wings of Liberty previously but haven't come back to StarCraft II for a while, we've got good news for you too. If you already own Wings of Liberty, you'll receive the second installment in StarCraft II campaign, the Zerg-focused Heart of the Swarm for free. Make sure to log in between November 8th and December 8th to claim it. 
Uh, you will also be able to access the ranked multiplayer ladder to compete with other players uh, to become the best of the best, compete with all of the multiplayer units from Wings of Liberty, Heart of the Swarm, and Legacy of the Void. All you have to do is unlock it permanent. All you have to do to unlock it permanently is earn 10 first wins of the day in unranked or versus AI play. Our way to preserve the quality integrity of the ranked experience. And then current and upcoming co-op commanders are available for free to play up to level 5, and the level restriction for weekly mutations has been removed. You'll be able to tackle these extra challenging missions with your friends right away. The co-op commanders Raynor, Kerrigan, and Art Artanis yep. Yep. Uh, will remain completely free, meaning that you can keep leveling them to your heart's content. In other words, you can now play all of StarCraft II's multiplayer, every co-op commander, and the entire first campaign in the single-player story for free. If you play through Wings of Liberty and want to see how the rest of the Epic Swarm, Epic Single Player Saga unfolds, excuse me, all other single player campaigns, um, and they they list the three other ones, will be available to purchase individually for $15 or as a bundle for $40. We will also continue to offer premium upgrades like announcer packs, serial skins, and new co-op commanders to enhance your StarCraft II experience in a number of different ways. As with the existing lineup of co-op commanders, however, you will be able to play upcoming new co-op commanders who are released for free until they reach level 5. You can also purchase any of the campaigns or a seasonal war chest to gain immediate access to rank play if you desire. For those of you who have already purchased any of the three campaigns as of October 31st, we'll soon be sending you a small thank you in the form of an exclusive ghost skin, as well as three new portraits. Welcome to the StarCraft community, and we hope you enjoy diving into the game anew, or for the first time, with all these exciting new changes. So, what do you guys think about this? So, this is great, because StarCraft 2 uh, definitely, definitely needed to give a reason to people to kind of jump in, uh, especially since, you know, Legacy of the Void is already out and and, and it's kind of like the story has been told. Um, they're not, as far as what we know, the StarCraft II situation was supposed to be a three-act story. That's done. So what's, what's the future of this game? They need to monetize it. Um, without forcing people to buy into the original game plus the install um, the expansions to get them into it so this makes perfect sense um, what's unfortunate is that all of this was just announcements that really are for people who are lapsed or have never played the game for core starcraft 2 gamers who have stayed invested the entire time they did nothing for them and that kind of sucks if you're a starcraft yeah. fan none of these announcements really pertain to you at all. I guess the only thing that you could maybe hope is that the new player, like the new injection of players will see more content come. Yeah. yeah that we'll see an increased focus on Starcraft from Blizzard. Cause as an outsider, that's kind of been my perspective is that like Starcraft one was their golden child. And I feel like Starcraft two came out and was what it was, but never really achieved the level of, relevancy that the original did and on the totem pole of their franchises it doesn't it seems like it's the bottom well, in terms of the one that's the most talked not the, about or i don't know if it's necessarily the bottom but you are right it ha it it did languish a little um the esports scene for it never carried as much weight as the original one still even does and ever did and like you know even for me like when starcraft remastered came out just this year i switched back to that you know like i don't even play two anymore now I never got Legacy of the Void either, so this is one of my most beloved series of all time, and like I never even finished two because like it just I don't know it just doesn't have the same kind of oomph that the first one did. 
this is a great announcement, but I mean, I don't think it changes for me like why I left that game, you know? Yeah, also keeping in mind that the RTS scene is basically non-existent. Yeah, it's um, ridiculously small. <laughs> but, you know, when when we're talking about when we're talking about the tier of their uh games, Diablo had zero presence at BlizzCon. So, yeah, yeah. You know, That's true. They, they had a nice they yeah. had a nice little booth next to the bathrooms actually. Um, which is i'm not even joking that's actually what was there oh man where you can play the necromancer it's been out for months so right 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 i guess it's just like i know they didn't have anything new for diablo but i guess just like as an outsider right like i don't feel like we've talked about starcraft 2 in years and i feel like diablo is still a game that people play regularly and i'm sure people are playing starcraft 2 but i just feel like the conversation around it has been dormant for so long and i feel like moving it to free to play even if it just brings in some new people, is a really good way to revitalize interest in it. Um, and, you know, it's like, a, it's it's very core to Blizzard's identity and like a way of their history. And it would be cool to see it return to the forefront as, you know, to the general public, I guess. I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet on that happening, even with this, just because, yeah. again, RTS is not. It's an RTS. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, there's, MOBAs exist at this point. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's so. true. Um, it's also worth pointing out that, uh, Tim Morton, who's the production director on StarCraft 2, said that they are not going to be adding any secondary currency or microtransactions to support the game's free-to-play model. So, their, their strategy here is to literally take things that used to cost money and make them free. So, Except um, the expansions. Right, oh, right. That, that reminds yeah. me. That kind of obsessed me a little bit about one thing. If you didn't have the game, you get the first one free. If you had the first one, you get the second one free. I sit in the middle where I have the second. I'm not getting the third one free. Like, nope, what the you're hell? You're not no, gonna bump you. you're not gonna me up the ladder. Like, come on, <laughs> please. You know, it's good stuff. Um. Okay. So moving right along to Overwatch. Uh, Overwatch's next character, the support Moira, uh, has been revealed, which um, makes me think Peggy's probably gonna change her Twitter handle. But, uh, so Blizzard's <laughs> website describes her like this. Um, Moro's biotic abilities enable her to support, or, hmm, sorry, enable her to contribute healing or damage in any crisis. While biotic grasp gives Moira, so- Mo- that's a hard name, Moira short range options, her biotic orbs contribute longer range, hands off damage, and healing. She can also use fade to escape groups or remain close to allies in need of support. Once she's, cha- once she's charged coalescence, Moira can save multiple allies from elimination at once or finish off weakened enemies. Um, so we've linked to the character spotlight video down below, which you can check out for yourself. There's obviously a new cinematic that adds to the lore. Um, all that stuff's kind of beyond the scope of this conversation, though, right now, because we've still got a bunch of news to get through. Um, but she looks really cool. Uh, it looks like she has a decent amount of healing potential and that she will really succeed as like a burst mage kind of offensive character with a lot of damage output. So and the, I don't know. The thing I'm is, pretty interested this in this. This game needs more healers. Especially, yeah. you know, like it's just mercy now, like pretty much. <laughs> yeah, like um, it needs more viable. Healers, yeah, exactly. You exactly. know, like there's never more than one support in the meta. It feels like Agreed. you know, with yeah. Lucio was the only way to play. Now everybody's playing Mercy since they reworked her. Yep. So having more characters come in and hopefully broaden the meta is like a good thing for where the game's at right now no agreed yep. um and it's always an excuse for casual players like me and i'm assuming you to come back and put a couple more hours in and her, her ultimate looks insane which is which is really cool yeah. it, it does damage yeah, and heals at the same time 
like in a choke that's... point oh my god it's gonna be so cool yeah like especially on like a payload map yeah. where you're like there's yeah. like a really like oh no they're like right at the wall like just drop it and like <laughs> chaos storm they all get pushed back your whole team gets healed up and can do another offensive like that sounds great yeah she's exactly the kind of character that i like to play in games i knew you were gonna say that yeah. yeah i was gonna say this is very much the kind of character you like to play it's like when i saw her i was like this is the first genuine interest i've had in overwatch like as any of the characters you know nice get it no it's <laughs> like still 60 bucks there's no way yeah, you get it for 40 now i think it's um, still too much money i'm still playing horizon wow. come on <laughs> earn wizard gold and then use that gold to buy it for free that's can how i do cryptocurrency it. buy it you, you can um if we play wow we have to all play wow classic though all right Sean. so <laughs> we got a mission <laughs> uh all right so then the company also debuted overwatch's next map which is called blizzard world a theme park with attractions based on blizzard properties like heroes of the storm starcraft wow and hearthstone um uh, it's awesome very cute uh, i'm all about it i've wanted this since they announced overwatch yeah like this is yeah. and they, they showed skins too which is i'm, I'm super hyped for Oh, yeah, it's so good. Seems like there's going to be like an event around it, I think. Yeah. Um. So it seems cool. Oh, and, the, and uh, the, it's going to. Oh, oh no, I was going to say the skins are actually part of the uh the the normal loot boxes too. Which oh, is, nice. Which is great okay. that it's not event event based, so you can actually earn these throughout throughout the year, which is going to be good. That's great. Um. Yeah. And then they they said that they're going to be throwing it up on uh, public test servers soon. So if you're a PC guy, you can check that out sooner than later. Uh, and it should go live for all players early next year. So definitely excited about this about this as well. Um, I love stuff like that. You know, I love that Blizzard is one to like honor their history and like they know that there are like Blizzard fans like you guys who are like engaged in everything they do. So having you know those nods to the other stuff is is always just it's a fun little Easter egg. And there's there's a there's a restaurant called Snacks Ramus, and I was I was yeah. I was, I was, I was <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. all right. Yeah, I this. loved it. Dude, I, I popped that trailer like at least ten times to, oh, to just look yeah. in the background at stuff. This is yeah. One of the the article I linked to from Polygon has uh, screenshots of most of the like so big references, so it's it's a perfect little gallery if you want to check it out. Um, so then Hots is also going to be getting a huge rework in what's being called the 2018 gameplay update with some really interesting stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, like some stuff that I think could really fundamentally help the game. Um. So voice chat and performance-based matchmaking will be hitting every match real soon. So that's great. Those are, you know, I mean, voice chat, we'll see how that goes. But um, <laughs> the matchmaking, that's a, that's a great addition. Um, then Blizzard is also completely reworking the stealth system, which is the number one thing that I complain to Sean to every time we play this game. It's like, stealth is bullshit. I give him murder. Not, not a fan like, of Nova? Nova? Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. Just... Before we recorded, I got destroyed by a Valera like five times. So I'm, I'm kind of with you. <laughs> yeah, so they said they want to improve games with Nova and other stealth heroes specifically. So uh, oh, there this goes is all probably... my Nova plays. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Um, so in the early parts of the game are also going to be improved, but they didn't specify how, so I don't really know what that means, but, um, oh. I can, so, I can elaborate a little bit. Um, yeah, they're, yeah. they're, they're actually, uh, expanding the laning phase a bit, um, okay. where the health globes can now be, um, after four seconds, it's, it's for, it's for both sides, so there's now a kind of like, a oh. people fighting over health globes, hmm. and the okay. towers no longer have ammunition, so they have infinite ammo, so. Oh, oh yeah. shit. That, wow, that changes okay, things really up a bit. So I think I like that. their attempt is to make the laning phase a little longer so people aren't just fighting in the middle as soon as the game starts. 
Yeah, that's that's always been one of my problems with the game is I, I do feel like a lot of times, like, if you don't have a successful laning phase, it's so short, and then you're just like, ah, we're doing team fights, and I'm like, uh, like... Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, th- th- this actually addresses... A- like, it does address that, but it addresses another problem as well, which is that laning in this game is extremely easy to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's, it's very intuitive, but it's too simple. Uh, you can easily kill your opponent's uh, minions, rush your minions onto the towers, drain the ammo, take the towers, and start working on the fort. That is, it's too simple to do that. There's yeah. no... It doesn't take it a lot so of quick. Yeah, we've knocked yeah. out forts in like three and a half minutes. You know, like it's crazy. If you if you if you just pick a specialist, you can make this a single player game. If you just push lanes, yeah, essentially, it's ridiculous. Which then it makes the objective kind of useless because right. oh yeah, I keep winning the ob- objective, but we still lost because they had an Asmodan that was just playing by himself at the bottom. Abathur, oh god, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the nightmare. I think what they did here with these updates for Hots, um, this is they addressed literally every single community concern yeah every single major thing that the community has been complaining about got touched on here and so for that reason i'm super excited now i'm not excited for voice chat because i don't look forward to being called the n-word over voice uh reading it in chat is one thing but now we have to deal with a voice chat <laughs> yeah i'm That's really not, not looking forward to that shit um but the performance-based matchmaking is something that this game desperately needs yeah. because mm-hmm. right now quick match is a cesspool. And <laughs> it's garbage. If you are moderately good at the game, then being placed with people who are so much worse than you is not fun. And if you are not good at the game and you're trying to learn, being stomped on by a team of gods on the other side is never fun. On nope. top of that... Uh, the matchmaking has problems because it puts teams together that don't have a chance of winning. And that's oh, yeah. very frustrating. Like when we got the four healers one time. There you go. Yeah, that's like that is my primary issue with the game is that I think the matchmaking system is bad. Like the like the ranked matchmaking is a great system and the the casual is just like it feels so random. You know? It's like everyone's a totally different range of levels. You don't really have, like, I know, Sean, you said that, like, they do have that one failsafe that if your team doesn't have a healer, they won't match you with another team that has Correct. a healer. Correct. But other than that, it's like <clears throat> the wild fucking west. You well, know, it's like... <laughs> part of that is deliberate. Uh, Blizzard does want, they do want Quick Match to be sort of a, 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 a crazy meta with just all kinds yeah. of different weird teams and it's, stuff. It's wacky matches. Right, they, yeah, they right. kind of do want that, but they want to find a happy medium between that and a place where you really can try to learn how to play your character. Yeah, and I think that's good. Like, I I, I like the idea of, of ranked being meta focused and the general game not being meta focused. But I think they do still like the things that you're talking about, right? Like, those are things that need to happen for just the overall experience of the game to be better. You know. So that everybody is getting matched with people that are around their skill level and that they're like some semblance of a team that can can perform, you know, and if they're going to fix those things, that's perfect. Yeah. Uh, and then one last note about the performance based matchmaking system is that they're actually basing it around in-game performance that's based on more than just 
your wins and losses. We're talking about that's important. So if, if, for example, they gave the example of if you play Illidan, then you will be if you continue to pick that character, you will be matched with with players who are whose strengths are similar to yours. So Illidan, for example, is a great um, laner. Uh, he does high damage. He can grab camps easily, and he does good siege damage. So when you pick Illidan and it's matchmaking, it's going to look at how you do historically in those realms: low deaths, high um, uh, single target damage or damage on heroes, and high siege damage. Those are all the things that it's going to look at for Illidan. But it'll be totally different if you're playing Abathur, for example. Yeah, and they already have these things in place with the MVP system, like. And it's right. now it's just weighing on the actual matchmaking, which is nice. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and I think that's huge. And um, I mean, honestly, I'm really excited about this because I know like Thompson and I got back into HOTS when season two came out, you know, and, and they made a big deal of all the upgrades they had made in response to the community's feedback. And if they can hit me with another update that feels like there's that much growth, I definitely see myself going back and playing more of this game. Um, and they said that they're going to be getting some gameplay updates to some of the maps, and um, they're going to be reworking the camera. Yep. And then we got the announcement of two new heroes, Hanzo from Overwatch and uh, Alex Straza from World of Warcraft. Yes. So lots of new shit to look yeah. forward to for Heroes You just, Storm, you just lit up there, Sean, when he heard Alex Straza. <laughs> I love Alex Straza. I know, yeah. Um, it's, it's an actual dragon in this game now, which... Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, it's pretty hot. I, I can't wait for... The ability to play as a dragon finally uh, was really hoping that Chromie would be that when they first announced her. At least having the capacity to turn into her dragon form. Oh, if you talk, um, <laughs> that's well, all they talk. That's about it. Yeah. But but with Alexstrasza, we really get to see that gameplay, and it gives me hope that Deathwing will be in this game at some point. I'm saying one day, <laughs> just like, like like a bruiser, like a like high damage, but like like meaty Deathwing. Oh, yes. I would be so into that. Yes. Yeah, man. Yeah, so lots to look forward to if you're a Hots fans. Hots fan. Hots fans. Whatever. <laughs> a hot fan. Anyway. <laughs> um, so then we got uh, a bunch of in- information about World of Warcraft, as I think we've teased once or twice already. We got World of Warcraft Classic, uh, an official vanilla server for World of Warcraft in development. Um, so we got a, uh, a comment here from executive producer J. Allen Brack who said following the trailer during the stream, uh, quote, we want to reproduce the game experience that we all enjoyed from the original classic WoW. So no word on when this comes out, but it is currently in development, according to Brack. So, uh, stream time! <laughs> Let's do it! I don't think this is coming out anytime soon. I think this is mostly no. just to shush the people who have been yeah. clamoring for this to, to happen. My, my one wrinkle in that theory, though, is I wonder, because they were in talks with some of the people who were behind that vanilla server that got shut down. I wonder if they hired some of them and are going to just migrate some of the server technology they had in place and just get it up to par. No. With- the, reason, the, reason why, the reason why they're not doing that is because, so here's the problem. Vanilla was an experience that was great 10, 13 years ago. People today will not want the way will not want vanilla the way it was. Uh, there was a lot of problems with servers crashing, stuff like that. The launch was awful. Um, a lot of quality of life things that are in the game now that weren't there then. And there's some big questions about how to implement vanilla servers 
and whether or not those quality of life changes will be in the game. Because vanilla is not fun. Like, it's not. <laughs> if you – I played a Holy it's Paladin. A, it's another job. Right. Yeah. I, I, I played a Holy Paladin back then. And oh, you did? Being, <laughs> yeah. Being in Raid was awful. It was a truly awful experience, and there are no current WoW players that are looking for that. The vanilla servers that exist now are played by hundreds of thousands of people, I guess, which is nice. But Blizzard is looking for millions of people. They want to bring back so many lapsed players with this. And they're going to have to get it pitch perfect. In addition to the fact that the code for this is very difficult to manage because it's archaic. They actually they actually don't even have it right now, from what I understand. Because they've built on it over the course of so many years. So this is a huge undertaking that they, and to what Tyler said, literally only announced because people have been clamoring for it. And they wanted to show that, they, that they're listening to the community. My timeline yeah. is that we don't even hear a whiff of anything else, really, until next BlizzCon. Yeah. Oh, easy, yeah. We're yeah. not going to hear anything yeah. about this. I think that makes sense. Um, but I do think this is cool. I think it's really cool that they're listening to the fans and, you know, that they're going to find a way to make this work. Um, because I think if they do do this well, uh, I, I think this could be really could be a really cool thing, even if it doesn't speak to the same number of players that are interested in playing the the main uh game you know yeah i mean i don't know man they have to make it they have to make it worth their while uh financially and that's to me the real balancing act um and i'm interested in in you know does this extend beyond classic do they go to burning crusade wrath of the lich king like there's a lot of big meaty questions with this um but just to move along, I'll just say I'm super excited to see how this develops. Can't say I'll play it. Don't know. Too much is is in the too much is up in the air. But it's a cool announcement, right? Yeah, I I definitely want to when this does come out. I want to make some content with it. I at the very least, I think it would be fun to jump back in and just get a taste of a game I haven't played since I was like 13. You know, yeah, like fun. That's that's the word. <laughs> fun, exactly. Fun for fun for the viewer. Oh, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I get to play my warlock from OG times. That might be fun. Man, get those yeah. get those dots ready. Mm. Dots, dots, dots. <laughs> All right, guys. So uh, just to wrap it up, we got the uh, announcements around World of Warcraft Battle for Azeroth, which is the game's next expansion. So the seventh expansion pack for World of Warcraft is going to bring the game back to its roots with a tighter focus on a conflict between the Alliance and the Horde. So Horde player is going to be traveling to three new zones, making up the islands of Zandalar, while the Alliance players are going to be focused on three zones set in the island nation of Kul Tiras. So within these zones, the factions will work to recruit new allied races, uh, which players will then be able to play as themselves. Do we know who those races are? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do you remember them, Tyler? I can't remember. Yeah. So uh, I think it's uh, – is it Lightforged Draenei for Lightforged Draenei. For Alliance. Yeah. Uh, Alliance also gets Void Elves and yep. Dor- uh, Dark Iron Dwarves. There you go. Perfect. Um, and then Horde gets uh, Zandalari Trolls, which are actually trolls who don't have back problems. Which is great, <laughs> um, and they're also getting um, uh, Nightborn, which were which were in Legion pretty prominently, and High Mountain Torrent, which are Moose Torrent, essentially huge. Okay, yep. cool. Yeah. So it's like variations on races that already exist. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, they're sub yeah. races. Yeah, and they they even announced they're they're, they're planning on doing more too, um, cool. and they're kind of redoing the character creation system too a bit. So you're going to be able to get uh, 
non-slouching orcs as well, which cool. <laughs> yeah, it's like all right, I'm about it. Um, so Blizzard also announced the new island system, where players will team up in a party of three to explore areas where enemies and situations you encounter can change each time. Um, so that, that sounds pretty interesting. Yeah. It's like a roguelike kind of thing. I'm um, really into that. Yeah. And, yeah. What do What do you think about this, Sean? I think it's great. I think that WoW has moved closer towards uh, dynamic, bite-sized content over the last two expansions, and this is like, this is their final form. You know, dep- I mean, depending on how it actually works out in real time, uh, right. but the announcement itself is the final form of everything that they've been iterating on for the last two expansions. It kind of reminded me of like just jumping into like a greater rift in, in Diablo or something. Yeah, which yeah. is just nice. in and out, fifteen minutes done which is which is pretty cool it's a great thing to have in warcraft because most of the time you're, you're playing for four or five hours straight so yeah, yeah. right the idea of like a party of three doing something yeah. more bite-sized like that seems cool too that you don't need to have as big a group to go run these like you know if you're just cooling down after a raid or something like that and you have a few people left over like oh let's go run an island like yeah that sounds that sounds it's good role agnostic too so you don't even need to have you know tank healer dps you can just bring three healers in if you wanted to which pretty cool. great um, and they also introduce Warfronts, which sound really interesting, um, where groups of 20 players will team up to fight for locations that have strategic importance to their faction. Um, that sounds really interesting. That's like, feels very reminiscent of like OG Warcraft. You know, like kind of like, you know, frontline war between the, you know, Alliance and Horde. Like, all right, cool. Yeah. Uh, again, it depends on how this plays out. These kind of things, they've tried to integrate more uh stuff like that over the last few expansions and whenever you have to get a a certain amount of people together that's higher than five on a non-raid time it's always difficult this is this it's it's tough but if it's if it's um if it's just you queuing up for a group that could be different so it really depends on the difficulty there's there's we need more announcements about that to really know what that's going to be yeah, but how do you feel about the idea of that on its face? Like, if, if it is executed well, is that something that you think you'd be interested in doing? No. Okay. I, I already <laughs> I already raid, so the idea of playing with 20 people at any other time than when I'm raiding it sounds like a chore. Yeah. Sean, do you do PvP at all, or are you mostly PvE? I, I PvP'd extremely extensively for most of my WoW career, but uh, the last two expansions I've really just settled yeah, in I got you. PvE. Okay. Yeah. Um, so speaking of PvP, uh, Blizzard is actually doing away with PvP servers for WoW entirely. Um, they're going to be cutting out all PvP servers and giving players the option to um, opt in or out of PvP in their capital city. So then when they turn it on, they'll be able to go out into the world and you know fight other players who have opted into PvP. Um, so basically you're able to you know do PvP if you want to, but you don't necessarily have to be forced into it if you want to just play with people on the same server or whatever so that's seems like cool i guess do you guys have feelings about that i'm a i'm a pvp server purist like part of the experience is getting killed by someone 30 levels ahead of you at stranglethorn like that's just like for me like that's how the game is played and it's frustrating at first but like once you're able to actually get to a level where you can do that someone else i thought it was for i think that's like part of the game for me (laughs) the very dark souls mentality i totally understand it you know (laughs) So, uh, for me, I'm almost not sure why this didn't happen 10 years ago, because 
you could like on a PVE server, you have the capacity to opt in or out of PVP. Yeah. The only difference between a PVE and a PVP server is that on a PVP server, PVP is enabled all the time. But if you feel like you just want that experience, you can enable PVP for yourself and get ganked, you know? Uh, so I don't know why there needs to be separate servers. And I think that especially as the subs decline, WoW does not need to have so many servers. So integrating more servers together and removing the difference between PV and PVP servers makes it certainly a lot easier to manage. And you'll see more players roaming around. Mm -hmm. So, mm, Yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, so they also said that they're going to offer some experience gain bonuses to questing with PvP turned on. Uh, so they'll help, you know, help make sure that it's like actually worth your time to put yourself at that risk. Um, and then they said that they're also going to introduce some new content um, for like structured PvP. So they said that they want to have new PvP arenas in uh, Tyregard and Zuldazar. Zuldazar. Zuldazar, and and uh, there's going to be a new battleground called Seething, uh, Seething Shore, um, which is like in the works right now. So they said it's going to be the first new battleground that's been added since Miss of Pandaria, which mm -hmm. was back in 2012. So um, it's actually going to come out before Azeroth uh, launches, though. So it's it's oh, going to cool. come out with patch 7.35, which is uh, actually right around the corner. Yeah, um, right. This is so this is not any this is not any real big news. They always come out with, you know, a new uh arena every expansion. The cool thing is that we are getting a new battleground. It has been a long while since we got a new one. I'm not sure why they take so long to come up with new battlegrounds considering the fact that they come out with new raids every few months. So right. it's a good addition and hopefully we'll get more people invested into PVP. Good, good. Glad to hear it. Um, so, when Battle for Azeroth launches, players are going to be able to reach a new level cap of 120, and uh, the purchasable level boost will now take your character up to 110. Um, they haven't said when it's going to launch, but there's usually uh, a window of 18 to 24 months between expansions, so we're likely going to see it sometime in the middle of 2018. So... Um, yeah, I mean, like, obviously, this is something that I know we'll be talking about a lot. You know, obviously, Sean's a big World of Warcraft fan, so I'm sure we'll be talking about it as these stories develop. Um, but the last little bit that came out about it was that the game is also going to be receiving Blizzard voice chat support, which I kind of wanted to just ask you, like, do you think that's going to be relevant to serious players, Sean? Because I know a lot of serious players, <laughs> like, Blizzard has, like, World of Warcraft has in-game voice chat, but it's bad. So third part, they use shit like Discord or whatever, um, TeamSpeak. So like, do you think that this is gonna matter at all? No, this is <laughs> this this is stupid. Uh, you know, they tried it before, it didn't work. They're trying it again. People are always going to use outside uh, sources to be able to do yeah. this. This is fine for pickup groups. It's it's absolutely fine for pickup groups. But even then, most pickup groups just require you to use Discord if they really care. Yeah. Um, so I don't know that this is going to see a ton more use than the old version of this did. Uh, I don't really see the point. I mean, like in destiny two, when I, when I play, there's proximity based, uh, voice, which that idea always interested me, um, in this, but it gets too crowded where I, I wouldn't want that. Um, you know, back in my day, we used to use vent for, right. <laughs> for, for raids and stuff. Yeah. So, uh, like I, 
I mean, I know they're they're pushing it throughout their 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 games in general. So I mean, it would only make sense they put it on WoW too. Um, but I think there's just too many already established ways of doing things that it's going to be a while before it actually does anything for 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 the community. I would think. Yeah, I have a hard time thinking that established players and yeah. teams that have a Discord community are going to move it over, you know? No chance. Yeah. A note. So, um, before we wrap things up, any closing thoughts on Battle for Azeroth uh, from my Blues Boys I, here? I think for me, the, the thing that, that really jumped out to me was that they're redoing how um, experiencing and leveling works throughout all the old content, too. So that right. it's, yeah. it's now more in line with, like, like, now if you try to make a character now, uh, you will out level every zone you're in pretty much instantly um so you lose all the story going forward if you're like a new player um so i think just a return to actually being able to experience some of the stories that i've never actually gotten to fully finish by making a new character is really interesting to me yeah i remember reading that they said that you could like play burning crusade up until level 60 and then you could play lich king up until level 80 and like that it's kind of like enabling you to go through that natural progression with that content. Yeah, it, it scales with your level most of the time. And, and the gear is now scaling too, which is, which is interesting. Uh, and, and with the new allied races, they're actually adding incentive to level from the beginning again with getting like these special armor sets that you can only get if you level from a new character instead of level boosting, which is... Uh, huh, I like that. Which could be good for a, a, a palace play if you guys wanted to start from the beginning. And go Let's all the way, all the way to 120. I'm just saying, I would probably be interested. I'm just saying, oh. pal streams, pal streams, pal streams. Let's do it. <laughs> um, so for me, the announcement of Battle of Azeroth was fantastic. Uh, so they showed, they showed a lot from this expansion. Uh, one of the key factors we talked a little bit about release and when it could release. One of the key factors is that. They, they've talked a lot about wanting to uh, shorten the cycle of releases between expansions. And this expansion so far uh, has been fantastic in terms of the way they've released content. To the point where people have said that they've over-released content because it's come out <laughs> so fast. Um, and that gives a lot of people cause to pause because they're worried that there might be that long drought from the end of the expansion to the beginning of the next one. The thing is... That they actually showed the in-game cinematic at BlizzCon. Yeah. Which they have never done before. So because of that, it leads a lot of us to suspect that the next expansion is actually sooner around the corner than is typical. My my thought process is that because we got the in-game cinematic, they're a lot further along with this than they've ever been before. Yeah, we've even there was got, content. Sorry? We even got like like actual armor sets where data mined months ago for stuff right. that's only showing up right now for the for the expansion sub races as well yeah. we knew about sub races for weeks um, yeah and we and we talked about the the new islands and everything on this show uh, like two or three months ago when they the, all that stuff leaked yeah so a lot a lot has been known about this already so because of all that uh i'm thinking that we can expect this expansion uh probably i would imagine june cool which would be the shortest turnaround ever for a WoW expansion. Are you telling me you don't like the old Siege of Ogremar time period? Oh, no. <laughs> no, that was the worst ever. That was horrible. Yeah, that was rough. 
This so, is the uh, the first expansion that has got me interested in WoW since uh, Lich King. I mean, the cinematic so. was fantastic. Yeah. But it really, you know, I, I, WoW kind of drew me in because of that, like, Horde vs. Alliance kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And this yeah. went back to that, through that alone. So, I I don't know. Like, this is the first time I've considered playing the game again in, like, how many, you know, like, probably, like, 10 years or something, yeah. you know, sure. at this point. Yeah, no, dude, I'm with you. Like, I, that was a core thing that I remember being so fun about WoW. Like, when it first came up and it was, like, when it really hit and it was, like, every geek with a decent computer was playing WoW. And the whole, like, oh, you're Horde, you fucking edgelord, oh, you're Alliance, you fucking pussy, like, eh, like, you know, and, like, I don't know, like, that conflict is so at the core of that franchise for me. Like, I love the idea of a story that's focused on, like, the war again. Like, fuck yeah, that sounds yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm cautiously optimistic about that because Miss of Pandaria was set up to be that. And Miss started that way but quickly became horde and alliance versus garage and so one thing that i really don't want to see is an antagonist that sort of rises up from either the horde or alliance and becomes the focus of both teams if anything you know we know that eventually they're gonna have to unite against whether it's one of the old gods or ajara or whoever the villain ends up being but for the for the early stages of the expansion up until that big bad does reveal itself, that's not Horde or Alliance. Let's keep the focus squarely on the feud between these two yeah. um, teams. Uh, I'm 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 very very excited. This is something that hopefully will bring back a lot of Laps players. And um, that's me, Tyler. That's me. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I have been on the uh, the resubs page like three times today. I'm like, eh, <laughs> maybe I'll wait for take the, the plunge. Yeah. Join my guild. Oh my god, I would love that. Do it. Um, but yeah, so Tyler, thank you so much for joining us here on this episode of the Comics Pals. <laughs> That's not the show <laughs> of the video game. Wow. We talked about Spider-Man. <laughs> That's good shit. Um, yeah, and let us know when you jump back into World of Warcraft. We'll have to have you back on. Uh, probably tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll see you next week. Yeah. Good. <laughs> um, so just one more time before we jump, can you just uh, tell the listeners at home where they can connect with you online? Uh, you can follow me personally at uh, the Tyler Olson on Instagram and Twitter or uh, the podcast podcast my podcast uh at longbox podcast twitter instagram tumblr not pornhub like matt says we're not on there no matter what he says not yet not yet <laughs> true oh. true true <laughs> gotta have ambitions <laughs> all right guys so that's gonna wrap it up for the conversation here again if you guys want to connect with us you can write in the video game pals at gmail.com let us know about your thoughts on any of the stuff we discussed this week um what was your favorite game from uh Paris Games Week. I almost just said Sony Games Week, but that's might as well what it, what it was. Um, <laughs> what your favorite announcement was from BlizzCon? What you're thinking about any of the updates coming to the the Blizzard franchises, and uh, or any of the other stuff we talked about? You want to let us know about your thoughts on Mario Odyssey? Do it. And um, you can also connect with our sister show at the Comics Pals anywhere your social media is sold to keep up to date with all the stuff we've got going on. Uh, if you're an audio listener, please give us a like on your platform of choice. If you're over on YouTube, like, share, subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, check out Pals Play Monday through Friday. Go watch our Super Mario Odyssey Let's Play from today. And uh, tune into the Riverdale Review. That's another new show we do. I host it. I really like Riverdale. So uh, that's all I got. See you next week, baby. I love you. Take care, guys. <laughs> Goodbye.